<laughs> hello there. Uh, welcome. Oh, hello. Oh, Jason. Hi. Good <laughs> hey. to see you there. Oh, how are you? The whole time. Oh, my God. I was just right in your like periphery. Oh. Waiting to see you. Uh. That's why. I do that sometimes. Okay. So hang on the, my blind spots. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome back to another episode of Observe and Report. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Uh, we're in the new year. Um, but depending on when you're listening to this, this is all in the new year. So, <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we are. We're back from break. I didn't have a break. Not really. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Work. <laughs> a slight, like, uptick in happiness because you're getting yeah. presents and then. But then there's like, the holiday hangover where there's nothing. Yeah, it's a little nothing bit sad. Nothing happens. There's like Martin Luther, King, Martin Luther King Day, a.k.a. Black Christmas. And <laughs> there's. I, wait, shouldn't like Kwanzaa be Black Christmas? Kwanzaa is uh, Black Hanukkah. <laughs> oh. Um, the uh, Martin Luther King Day, that is Black Christmas, all right? That's, for me, at least, you know? Didn't and didn't everyone's dad, like, dress up like Martin Luther King and tell you <laughs> stories about, like, life and justice? <laughs> was, was was that just me? Oh, I'm so sad I missed <laughs> on that tradition. That's, I should talk to other people more, because apparently this is just my tradition. <laughs> <laughs> he starts the morning just making an amazing speech. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I love this day. This is great. <laughs> It's like school, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are back here. We watched a lot of things. So many things, Jason. We have watched things that we've asked each other to watch. Mm-hmm. We watched things that we found on our own. Mm-hmm. Christmas time. That's a big time for new movies coming out. Ooh. Uh, and are... because you were just trying to avoid your family. <laughs> Very true. So you just go in a bedroom, close the door, and just watch <laughs> things for hours <laughs> to the point that your mom might pop in her head and be like, hey, are you okay? And I... <laughs> Just look up from my computer and go, yeah, I'm good. Like, totally not baiting, just watching movies. She goes, okay. And just closes that door up. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. You get me. <laughs> um, a lot of new things came out. Um, I've seen some new things, seen some old things, mm. rewatched some things I haven't seen in a very long time. Same. Um, and yeah, it's, it, and also we are right now in award season. Ugh, it's that time yeah. of year where... For me personally, I, to, like, I try to catch up and see things I didn't see that mm. should have been seen by me at some point last year. Yeah. Um, there's still things out there that I'd like to check out. Um, oh, of course. Three Billboards is like yes. the big one that's like top of the mountain for me that I still haven't seen yet that yeah. I really need to see. It's gotten good reviews. It's gotten good reviews. And when it came out, like I just really wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And also, one thing that I saw today that reminded me of something that I didn't see. Mm. I forget the name of the movie, but uh, it is Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, about the three Vietnam vets? Yeah. Yeah, it looked heartbreaking. Like, it looks really interesting. I've yeah. heard no one talk about it. In no, me to, neither. Like, reviews or, like, movies. Like, I've heard, like, no word of mouth on it. Same. Which makes you wonder, like, well, how good is it? But regardless of that, those three, I would just like to see something with them together, acting I, off of each other. Yeah, because especially, um, it seems like when studios are not particularly proud of movies, they'll just kind of bury them. They'll bury them. But they that, don't spend any money on marketing. True. The only, I think maybe Steve Carell or someone was um, doing like a tiny press tour and was on some kind of late night show. And I saw like that one interview and that was it. Like, I guess the idea is that it's not a very expensive movie. True. I'm sure that those three were doing it like for maybe less than what they normally get for like bigger films. Yeah. Um, and I guess like the the story that they're telling is not thing they it's not a thing they expect people to rush out to theaters to see. But I feel like they've been. In the last five years, maybe, studios know that 
like our parents, like baby boomer generation, mm. they'll kind of spend money on movies. So they churn out those like Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine road trip type of yeah, that's old guys that bouncing around <laughs> type of movies, which for Vietnam, you would think if this is about Vietnam vets and mm-hmm. whatnot, they might. I mean, who knows? Maybe there are channel like um, trailers on like channels that have shows that my parents watch like cbs in between that's survivor, where i saw every commercial for that movie yeah in between survivor <laughs> and the voice or some shit my parents probably saw that trailer 80 times like when i wake up at six in the morning because i'm an old piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> and i'm watching the news before i go to work i'm like oh yeah i'd love to see that movie as i'm watching yeah i, I don't even know what the name of it is again yeah i feel bad about that yeah. i'm sorry listeners for not knowing the name of it but like you know if you're there, you're on your pod device or whatever. Yeah. Uh, just remember Steve Carell, Brian Cranston, Lawrence Fishburne. A yeah. movie that looks pretty cool about Vietnam vets burying someone's dead son. Yeah. Steve Carell looks devastating in it. Mm. Like, oof. Because I think it's his son that is killed. Yes. And he's asking his friends to go and help him do this thing. Yes. Because I think that perhaps the circumstances under which he died were not necessarily kosher. Right. But yeah, look good. Yeah, but we have watched things. These are things we've actually watched now. Yes, that we're about to get into. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, so watched quite a few things. Um, the first thing I'll bring up that I did watch was Ingrid Goes West. Oh, um, okay. With Aubrey Plaza, mm-hmm. um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, right, and uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Excuse me. Uh, yes, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes. AKA. Ice Cube 2. Right. He looks just like Ice Cube, and it throws me off every time. Cube 2, Hypercube. It is too, Cube 2, Hypercube. It's Cube 2, Hypercube. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Like, when I saw the movie, there's several times I saw it, so I was like, man, Ice Cube's really funny in this. I was like, no, it's not him. It is not Ice Cube. This is O'Shea. He's, very, he's a very handsome young man. He's he's a cool guy. He's yeah. very funny in the movie. But um, when I was watching Andrew West, there were some, some cool things that happened in that movie. Um, It was... It was good. Um, it was it was a, a story about obsession um, mm-hmm. and like how conception, obsession can kind of ruin you but also characterize you. Right. Um, it was, it, it walked like that thin line of like, you know, hey, what is obsession? What's desire? Because a, a desire can push you forward in life. Right. You do good things and obsession can kind of just destroy you. Yeah, it will push you over the edge. Yeah. And yeah. like the movie did, I think, like did a good job of like, you know, discussing that okay. throughout. Um but yeah, like it was funny overall. Um, I think Arby Plaza like did some really great things in there. Um, I like, like she, her so much. So the premise of the movie is like she's obsessed. Like you know, she really? has, she has obsession issues. Right. Like um, she was a person that you know lived at, at home with her mom. Um, became very obsessed like a high school friend of hers, and like you know, lashed out at her in a very bad way. Got her put into like an institution for a bit. Ooh. Got out. Her mom dies. Her mom know. leaves her $60,000. Don't, don't say too much. I will not say too much. but I feel like you said a lot already. This is the impetus for her going out. Okay. She, through Instagram, she's like stalking this girl. Right, right, right. And yeah. It, and it's it's fun because she moves out there. She runs into uh, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, did they know each other? They did not. He okay. becomes her landlord. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but upon introducing himself to her, you find like, wait, is he obsessed with Batman? To the point where, like, he hands her, like, a business card. And you're like, is that the Batman Forever font? Because it is a Batman Forever font. That's amazing. <laughs> like, you slowly get to learn, like, I think he really loves Batman. Honestly, when I... I like all three of those actors. Mm-hmm. But when I saw... Um, I just hit myself in the face with the microphone. Oh, God. 
um when i saw that he was in it, i got really excited because mm-hmm. i the few lines that they showed of him in the trailer were funny and he seems super cool there's an actor in this uh wyatt russell who wound up being in two of the movies that i saw like you know since mm-hmm. our last episode um and he is a totally different human in both of them in this movie he's a pretty laid-back guy that's like you know has some issues with his own life that he needs to address. We all do. It's okay. Well, she, we all do. But it's a much more <laughs> subdued performance. You know, someone that's like lying to themselves, but like really needs to like come to terms with the lies that he's telling himself. Mm-hmm. And then another movie I watched in uh, Goon 2. Oh, I recognize this guy. He, he is an intense psychopath oh, <laughs> in that movie. I can see that. Oh, okay. like he is terrifying in that movie. And a movie that's pretty damn funny. He is terrifying. Oh, he's one of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's 800 children. Really? He's, he's, a, what's, a Hudson? Is he, is Kurt, that his thing? What? Like, uh, he's Kate Hudson's brother then. Right. Wyatt huh. Russell. Yeah. Huh. Wyatt Ru- Kurt Russell. I uh-huh. get it. I, uh-huh. I, I thought they only had one daughter. There's, 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 cause there's Oliver Hudson. What the hell's Oliver Hudson? What's he done? He, I don't know. I've seen him in things before. Was he on Dawson's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> he might have been on Dawson's Creek. I don't know. They had like an acting and then there's, dynasty. There's Jesus. A kid named Boston Russell. That's one of the Russells. That's a fantastic Kate, name. Sounds Kate like an alias. Hudson. So huh. I think, so a couple of them, like three of, three of them. No, two. It's Kate Hudson and Oliver Hudson. So that's was, this is should not be complicated golden hans <laughs> kids from another marriage and then okay. he and she and kurt russell have two boys it looks like okay including the aforementioned wyatt russell okay all right who, he sense. really does look a bit like kurt russell. yeah I, I see it now yeah the eyes yep. and he's he's a big old beard going on he's looking mm. like kurt russell the thing mm-hmm. i totally get it now man you open my eyes up now. <laughs> but that's one thing that i saw in goes west okay. um recommend it what's that i do recommend it it was a thing that uh i it was on my list of things like you know i had not seen the year in Mm -hmm. that year that i wanted to and i caught it it was good i'd recommend it nice way to spend an hour and 28 minutes oh 128 it's a nice tight 128 you don't get that a lot anymore no it's always like i'm not trying to spend all day i want to be entertained in and out yeah it's always like at least an hour and 52 minutes you're just like really it's like come on i don't need that extra 22 minutes bring yourself in a little bit you know um, I, while I was home with my family, trying to find a movie that we'll all Ooh, that's, be even that's vaguely tough. interested in is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't matter anyways, cause both my parents fall asleep. <laughs> so what the fuck's the point? But, um, I watched a Dunkirk. Oh, okay. Um, I can see, I mean, it was good, of course. Um, I think it would have been better off, and I knew this, mm-hmm. seeing it in the theater because you're more immersed in that pitch black. As you're seeing it, you in the see theaters, it in the theater. It was, yeah. it was a tense movie in theaters. Right. It's less intense when your dad is next to you snoring. <laughs> Slightly. Snoring is um, part of the soundtrack. It's like the ticking yeah. clock, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he snores uh, like a metronome, so it's perfect. <laughs> um, so it was good, though. Uh, Mark Rylance, so handsome. Ugh, he's my favorite part of that movie. Um, and the boats were so beautiful. It's a movie. Where... I know that's not the point of the movie. But no, that's a part of but it as well. All like... the boats were that were pers- people's personal yes boats were gorgeous because they were actually like 
made out of wood and like beautifully crafted. It's a and, very immersive film because yeah. all the sets are so authentic. Yes. Like and it's like not this is this isn't a set. This is just a boat from that time. Right. Like we got battleships from that time. We have planes from that time. There are several times you're wondering like, well, that's CG, right? Hmm. No, that's just a plane they got rebuilt and let fly for this movie. Like the costuming is very good. They do a good job at putting you in the feel of that movie. Yeah. Um I will say there is a funny part that is not meant to be funny. Hmm, okay. But at the end, when Tom Tom Hardy Tom Hardy's character is a pilot mm-hmm. and he runs out of fuel, mm-hmm. this motherfucker glides for such a long time. <laughs> he glides, they keep on going back to him and then going back to action, and then going back to him, and he just keeps on gliding, baby. <laughs> to the point that he pulls a Sully Sullenberger and just beautifully lands that uh-huh. plane on that beach. Mm-hmm. Ugh, the talent. <laughs> Amazing. He glided for apparently like four hours. <laughs> it does feel like he's gliding there for he's a long time. He's gliding for a really long time, and I just made me laugh. <laughs> I, ugh. I wonder how accurate it is. I don't know how long a, a British a, World War II plane can glide for, but maybe not that long. No. <laughs> I don't think it would be more than a couple minutes tops. <laughs> My but, aviation knowledge, though greatly lacking, I don't think it would last <laughs> quite that long, Christopher I'm no Nolan. Aerospace scientist, no. Chris Nolan, but uh, <laughs> I don't think a uh, plane can float, can float for that long in the air. That's what I call glide. I call it floating in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like, but what did you think of Harry Styles in that? That's oh, like his fine. first like acting outing. I think if I. Um, <laughs> like if you ask my mom who would not recognize who that is mm-hmm. she would just think he's another actor you know he was fine All right he does blend perfectly he blends into right it. in yeah. he doesn't try to like overact or anything it doesn't he doesn't distract from the film yeah, at all. yeah. no he's cute you know whatever <laughs> do i feel like a little bit of a pervert for thinking that he's cute yeah of course he's a young man in his 20s don't right? feel so bad thanks jason he's an adult yeah he's cute <laughs> uh yeah so yeah it was good okay all right cool like um Another thing that I checked out over the break uh, was The Disaster Artist. Uh, yeah. That's a thing that's been getting like a lot of things in the press right now. Uh, James Franco for doing things. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, uh, it he won for uh, Best Actor in, in a comedy, I believe, for I the Golden Globes. I think so, yeah. But all that stuff aside, it was a fun movie. Like, surprisingly fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great movie about making movies Mm -hmm. and making things in general like you know having that creative edge and just when the whole world is against you just trying to do it anyway Mm. it's kind of an empowering movie in that way um weirdly enough some would call it a celebration of ignorance yes i would call it that in some ways a celebration of ignorance but in some ways leaning into your own ignorance and not letting that stop you from trying something almost american dream-esque in that like very much so you know i think they very much try to capture that as this man who's an immigrant from a country that's unknown Mm. because no one knows where he's from really seriously seriously no one knows where time was always actually from (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it should not be that difficult to find out been able to hide it very well um whenever in the when he first arrived on the scene mm-hmm. in the, the late 90s or whatever in los angeles and san francisco he would always say oh yeah i'm from louisiana and would consistently no one really knows where he's from, he's from eastern europe that's mm-hmm. all anyone can actually say just due to his accent mm-hmm. but no one really knows where he's from and he hasn't told anyone where he's really from so that's him <laughs> that's... what if he's actually a russian spy 
Well, he in phase twenty three of his plan, he's been pretty successful so far. Putin is just laughing hysterically <laughs> until he activates. Him. Yeah, <laughs> entirely possible. But um, it's funny in the first ten minutes of the movie, you see Dave Franco, you see James Franco, but you forget that they're brothers because they are they they do look rather different in like you know the makeup and the hair and all that stuff. They do have pretty decent makeup happening in the movie and they look in real life they look close enough if you put them next to each other you're like oh yeah but yeah. they also look different enough that yeah yeah they're like pretty different heights and like builds and all that right, stuff right, right dave franco's just much better looking i would yeah i would agree with that i would say he's a better looking man um i see seems like a decent guy yeah he seems less it's also like a nice little family affair because his wife is in the movie allison Bree. yeah oh, she plays his adorable. girlfriend and yeah. like, it's like oh that's really nice um it's it is the cast is insane like, it's a murderer's row of, like, funny people. Mm-hmm. Like, any bit part you could ha- just have, like, you know, some whatever actor in. No, we're going to put a comedian in there. Like, oh, yeah, Hannibal Buress and uh, Jason Manzoukas are just going to own this camera store. Like, Paul Rudd's going to be, well, not Paul Rudd, um, Paul Scher is going to be, like, just the DP on this movie. Like, um, Nathan uh, Nathan Faisal is going to just be, like, you know, an actor in this. Like, they just throw so many comedians in this thing where it's just like oh that's that person like uh, Megan Mullally is in it for like a hot second as like um, Dave Franco's mom in the movie <laughs> she's there for like two minutes you could have gotten any actor to play that role but she's yeah. there and she kills it in like that short period of time of course like it's it's a lot of fun I do appreciate how Seth Rogen and that whole gang of people they always use their friends I think that's very nice and I think this is like the highest culmination of that where it's like the it's almost reminiscent of like uh this is the end which was like a cameo right. fest right but it's also in this where it's just like well everyone's in this <laughs> like even people that you would not assume are their friends are like in this movie i don't know why i'm saying right as if i saw either of those movies because <laughs> i didn't and i don't plan on it <laughs> um what is it also what's funny is like uh his performance he manages to be both the antagonist and protagonist of the movie james mm-hmm. franco mm-hmm. it's like I simultaneously like you're you're hurting everyone on this set, but also it's like I'm somehow still rooting for you. I still want you to succeed somehow. Mm. It's it winds up being really touching at points. It's it's a fun movie. I recommend it. Okay, that's where I come from. That. Yeah, no, I'm good. Totally fair. <laughs> also I, fine. I will just fast forward to uh, Jason Manzukis's part and then call it a day. The, the how did it get how did this get made crew is all in it and they are all very funny in it and this is the first time i saw june diane rayfield i was like miss mm, rayfield what's going on like oh she's straight she's up gorgeous gorgeous like yeah. I, I don't know i didn't notice that before i was like oh, oh you're like a hot lady <laughs> she's beautiful <laughs> it's redonkulous yeah like but yes that was a disaster artist i recommend it but again okay you're not gonna lose out on anything if you don't see it um, I <laughs> I watched the Goosebumps movie. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm not gonna laugh at you for that. That's <laughs> totally fine. I like Jack Black. <laughs> I love Jack Black, of course, because he, he always makes whatever he's in funnier and more fun. You now, know? where did you see that on? Because I tried finding it. <laughs> this is makes us sound sad. <laughs> um, I tried finding it. It was on Netflix like about a year ago, something like that. Oh, really? And then like I came looking for it again. Then it was gone. I was like, I wanted to see that. <laughs> um, it was on. You, I got YouTube TV. Oh, okay. Pretty okay. much just so I could watch The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. But I also just kept it because sometimes there's just random things, and I can watch soccer on it and stuff. Okay. Um, but the cast 
is surprising. It's Jack Black, Amy Ryan, huh? Jillian Bell, and Ken Marino are Jillian all in it. Bell plays like the babysitter or something like that. She plays um, the main character's aunt. She's just oh, it's like right. not a she, big role. She makes him like a bedazzled hat or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. great. She's great. All right, and Ken Marino too. Ken Marino, yes. All right. Um, not big. None of those three have huge roles, but when they pop up, it's fun. It's fun. It's That's funny. cool. Um. But it was cute. I I enjoyed it enough that I caught it, I think, like, when I first saw it was the second half. And then it was playing again just right afterwards. So mm-hmm. I stayed and watched the whole movie again. <laughs> but that's, like, what, that's the thing about, like, basic cable. I guess now that, like, YouTube is kind of simulates that. Yeah. Like, if something's on the mid-afternoon, you know how many movies I watch that way where it's like, yeah, it has commercial breaks, whatever. Like, this oh, is yeah. a fun time. Same. Like, USA, there for you on those boring Sundays. USA, TNT, TBS. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. How many times have I watched Lord of the Rings again just because it's on TV, even though I own all of them? Lord of the Rings for TNT is like what Harry Potter Harry used Potter to be weekend for, for ABC for Family. ABC Family yeah, yeah, yeah. A.K.A. Freeform. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's like it's like their summer Christmas story. Yeah. Like it's gonna be on twenty four hours basically. Oh, it's great. <laughs> it's absolutely great. Speaking of TNT, um, have you seen the trailer and I've been meaning to talk about this for the alienist? I keep seeing ads for this like on the subway. On taxis and stuff, right? It's like that's a cool name. Is this show actually about aliens or no, what? Is it about not. immigrants? What's happening here? <laughs> so it's based on a book which I have been wanting to read for years, but I haven't. Um it's a it's set in, uh, I'm going to say Victorian times-ish, so late 18th, but maybe, early 19th. maybe turn of the century. Okay. Um, I can't remember if I saw cars in the trailer, if it was just carriages and horses. The introduction of cars yes. at this time. Um, it is, I can't, man, I, my brain is done. Um, it's about a guy, kind of the beginning of the study of psychopaths and um there's a serial killer who uh is on the loose so people like on the outskirts of society like with it like criminal leanings i guess what do you mean oh well in the sense of like you know these are people that do not fall into like the normal bounds of society like these are like it's not a guy who's shooting his wife because she cheated on him or whatever it's It's like like, someone that's compulsed to do this yes very much so i believe they actually use the word um compulse or something in there that's a very victorian word oh i have no idea just sounds very victorian (laughs) you say that but you put on a top hat as soon as you said it jason um and so it's the it's daniel Bruhl, the german guy german actor um, who I love very much. He usually just plays a handsome Nazi, but I'm glad he gets to break out. Um, and he's the main character. He and Luke Evans. Um, I think Luke Evans must be his like assistant type of like thing. Like his Watson kind of? I think so. Okay. And so Daniel, the crimes are very grisly. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel Bruhl is studying this guy and trying to understand the guy's mindset so he can catch him okay. Dakota Fanning is in it I'm not quite sure what kind of role she plays all right cool yeah um and it's funny to see her as kind of like a legit adult yeah uh-huh. she's like a 20 something woman she is 20 something woman but it's... she still has that baby face and it's hard to very hard to separate that uh-huh um but it's very dark and it looks like TNT really uh put some money into it like mm-hmm. the sets look pretty good and elaborate and they better not have taken away any money from the last ship is all I have to say about <laughs> that. But 
Um, it looks like pretty good quality, and obviously those are three very good actors. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited for it. Okay, like I, I, it seems like a pivot from like a what TNT, I guess in my mind of yeah. what it's like used to doing. It, it feels like it, it definitely has its foot into action things mm-hmm. right now, and also feels like uh, at some point like it was very much about like cool detective shows yeah like you know we have major crimes going on we have uh i used to watch that show <laughs> confession i watched that i watched rizzoli and isles i watched all the things <laughs> oh yeah uh there was a show with jason lee where he's like a memphis cop or something like that at one point in time there were what? it was on for one season they oh yes i remember that yes um but yeah like it was Definitely a time where it's like we got the cool detectives. Yeah. Um, but it feels like they're now expanding their style of television. I and think they maybe like saw what AMC has done, and I think a lot stuff of like that. Are so they're trying, yeah. And now that they have to compete with Netflix and stuff, they're mm-hmm. really investing some cash instead of doing like Burn Notice, which also have... confession. I used to watch that show. That was but and it was oh excuse good. me yes, <laughs> um, but. They're finally starting to be like, oh, we need to do quality programming. Need, like, prestige programming. Otherwise, people are not going to watch television anymore. Right. We need like um, things that can kind of hang with like HBO right. or like AMC shows. Right. And oh, and um, like FX had Taboo. Now, see, I thought the alienist, I got confused in my head just because of the look of it. Like, and I know the it's settings the same are color similar. palette. Mm-hmm. It's dark. It's, um, yeah. And it, also, you have like bigger named actors like doing yeah. TV things. Totally. Like, you know, Tom Hardy, like, he's a bona fide movie star, yes. I would say. But, you know, he's on an FX series. Well, it's partially because that was like his baby. Oh, really? So, like, yes, it, he'd he... been wanting to do that. He oh, and his dad. Okay. I think his dad was a producer on it. All right. Um, that was like their project. So, I think it was more of them being like, hey, we want to do this thing. You know, even when he was like doing bigger movies, he was still doing like TV miniseries. Like uh, he in did Britain, Peaky the, Blinders, right? Peaky, Peaky Blinders. Uh, he's also in the, that show, The Take, that was in uh, in, in Britain, uh, which is really good. Mm. Um, essentially, just a crime drama about like this family, um, and just about like you know people being paid off and just like the underworld in like London. But it was made only a couple of years ago, like in twenty ten or something like that. Okay, like it's good, very good. Um. But yeah, the alienist. Yeah. I, I'm curious. I, I would, I, I would watch an episode of that. Oh, I should I'm also t- watch. Definitely gonna watch some it. taboo as well. Like, I rewatched. Have you ever seen it? I've not seen any of it. Oh god, I rewatched most of Taboo actually mm-hmm. over the Christmas break, and it's <laughs> the main plot. I enjoyed. There's a subplot that's kind of weird with his sister. So the plot of it is. Uh, Tom Hardy's character uh, is from London. Mm-hmm. He goes off to Africa, but then all of a sudden his dad dies, so he's back in London, and he's got a very uh, crazy reputation. Mm-hmm. And his dad um, owns this parcel of land called Nootka Sound, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and it is... I, <laughs> I looked it up. It is basically where... Uh, it's up north, and it's worth a lot of money because it would provide um, a direct trading route with China for, like, spices and whatnot. Right. So, um, the um, East India Trading Company wants that parcel huh. of land because they have everything else. But Tom Hardy's character is like, ah, no, it's mine. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's kind of about 
them all just screwing each other over and trying to maintain control and stuff. But then there's a subplot with Tom Hardy and his sister and also some uh, questionably racist things having to do with Native Americans. Interesting. Yeah, there's a whole that whole subplot's a little like uh, I don't know. Um, and there's some incest, mm-hmm. but you just kind of roll with it because Tom Hardy's amazing, um, and he looks so handsome just walking around with a top hat and a mm-hmm. nice coat. And because it's muddy. <laughs> <laughs> because like what the trailers said to me, like, like the the few trailers I saw, the one mm. trailer I saw, yeah, it just like Tom Hardy was in Africa. He learned some shit. He, he he's come back to yes. rectify things with his family it feels like i so- mean yeah that you can pretty much sum it up like that there's it, a lot more darker things but uh-huh. yeah it feels like weirdly like this is like just the basic outline of like a batman story like he things b- bad happen at home he went to a different place learned some things came back to fix the things that are wrong at home he is kind of a it is kind of batman-y um it's yeah it is it's a little bit like that but he's also a little bit like james bondy like he's got a plan he always knows what's up mm-hmm. it's a it's a character you thoroughly enjoy rooting for and the thing is like, he's not punching dudes in the face he's like screwing people over in business deals and like oh, you know oh no political like intrigue and whatnot right there's both jason oh okay <laughs> people are straight up ripped apart oh jesus christ okay yeah it's a dark ass show <laughs> <laughs> all right i will check out some taboo then I yeah like it's to check that out. yeah okay you you go there for Tom Hardy. You pretty much stay for Tom Hardy, but also <laughs> you you get into the actual plot of what's going on. <laughs> All right, come mm-hmm. to the Hardys. Come for the Hardys. Stay for the Hardys. Yeah, don't leave. Please don't. Leave. Yeah, but um, I watched uh, Lady Bird over the break. Oh yeah, which has been getting like a whole bunch of buzz and whatnot. So much, and some of it's like deserved, but like it 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 there's nothing of it that like is like that stands out so amazingly to me where it's like yes absolutely except for uh laurie metcalf's performance she's awesome mm-hmm. and i think what the movie gets at that i th- it feels like a lot of mainstream things don't mm. is like a mother-daughter relationship mm. which it feels like everything's about dads everything's about dads and like dad left or dad's here or <laughs> dad doesn't look approve everything and i feel like a lot of movies and like you know just assume like yeah mom's behind me sure like, what if your mom isn't behind you? What if your mom's just like, no, that shit's dumb. <laughs> like, do what I say. And, and she's yeah. and the thing is, the, the, the dynamic is one where it's not overbearing. You do understand that, like, Lori Metcalf does care about her mm-hmm. daughter. And it's, like, there for her daughter, is behind her daughter. But it's very much, like, there's a realism to it where it's like, yeah, like, I don't want things to go wrong for her because I'm struggling now. I don't want my kid to struggle. If they just do something similar to the plan I have set out for them, mm-hmm. maybe things will be a little easier for them. Not perfect, but right. easier than what I have it as. Um, I think also if there is a mother character, she's either very weak and just like, oh my God, I love you so much. And is no. motherly, it's like overly motherly or women are portrayed as just like terrible mean moms mm-hmm. who are a little bit kooky mm-hmm. and very selfish. So it's nice to see just a very kind of, I'm, I'm saying this, I have not seen the movie, but just like a portrayal of a normal woman and a mom and she makes mistakes and but she tries really hard and it's she doesn't like ruin anybody's life it's just yes just trying to be a decent human and a good mom i think it's it's has not a parent i think it's good at showing parroting of just like the idea of like 
we're trying our best. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're doing the best we can. We're rolling with the punches. Like yeah. we don't know what's going to happen, but we're we're hoping that the best does. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of like Laura Metcalf's performance, which is awesome, uh, Saoirse Ronan, she's really good in it. Um, mm-hmm. She's affecting a really good American accent. I feel like I've oh, never nice. heard her speak in an American accent before. Um, oh yeah, I don't know. It's just like, oh yeah, you sound like you're from Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and also, what's interesting, it's a period piece mm. because you know it's a period now the early 2000s oh god and it was funny when i was watching the movie it was like oh she was in high school in 2002 i wonder what that was like and then i realized <laughs> holy shit i was in high school in 2002 yeah. oh no yeah. but um outside of that it's like decently funny like there's some good moments of like humor in there mm-hmm. it's definitely a coming of age story of, like this girl figuring out like you know what she wants and who she wants to be um it follows her like and like a year in the life kind of thing mm-hmm. like it starts in september ends in like june it's about her like you know going to high school and like figuring things out there and losing friends and like gaining friends and figuring out like relationships and all that stuff um and yeah it feels like a, a solid indie style movie you definitely okay. do feel like it's indie roots there mm-hmm. um it's greta gerwig's like first directorial debut right, debut right um and i like greta gerwig like you know i enjoy her as an uh, as an actor and things i have never I, as her first directorial debut mm-hmm. awesome effort like I, cool. I really enjoyed it like awesome let's say awesome effort great accomplishment <laughs> <laughs> it is it, it's a fun movie i do recommend like going out to see that check that out um it, it was it was a good time um nice. and yeah it's it's again reminding yourself of like yeah I was shitty as a teenager, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible feeling. Even if you were a decent kid, you were still kind of shitty as a teenager. Mm, just, of course. That's just the nature of it. But um, it reminded me of that. Of like, yeah, like teenagers are kind of shitty. But that's also, just the, the revelation as you get older that just like moms and dads, they're just straight up people just trying really yeah. hard. And you forget, you forget like, oh yeah, there's, there's people. Yeah. Like that's, oof. Ooh. <laughs> It's a weird revelation. And like, yeah, it's it, it does, I think, pay respect to that where it's like, you know, this is a, she's a nurse. She's working like long, crazy hours doing overtime. Like her dad like loses his job. Mm-hmm. And like she's just not glib to that fact, but is still very much like into herself and what she wants, which is what teenagers do. They're yeah. kind of about them. Of course. And not like recognizing like, well, I'm sacrificing all these hours and working, you know, crazily because like your dad lost his job and we had an idea of you for like for where to go to college but maybe you should just like you know scale that idea back and just like stick around here yeah and, like her whole thing is like, i just want to get out of this stupid town but those are all very relatable all relatable things mm-hmm. and like in life sometimes she's her own worst enemy uh ladybird the yeah. main character uh played by Sergio ronan um so yeah i i'd say if you have the time check it out okay um I did see some other things as well. Like I said before, Goon, uh, Last of the Enforcers, um, oh, yeah. which is the sequel to the film Goon, um, starring Sean William Scott mm-hmm. in his best role, period. Um, maybe next to the rundown, because rundown's awesome. But, oh, my God. <laughs> um, if you don't You're know the story, only person, aside from his agent, who knows any of his IMDb <laughs> like, lists. Like Bulletproof Monk, or perhaps Southland Tales, oh, my which heavens. reunited him with The Rock um, in a terrible movie. But yeah, are you I, in the pocket of Sean William Scott? Um, let's just say we're best buds, okay? Oh my god! I um, it. yeah, I just know SWS pretty well. All right. <laughs> oh um, god! It's like call him like, hey, there's my Swiss Army knife. You know, he gets it because you know SWS Swiss. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, Goon, uh, Rise of the Enforcers, it's the sequel to the 2011 movie Goon, um, directed by Jay Baruchel um, this time <laughs> oh around. God. And he does a good job. Don't try to sh- sell me on this, Jason. It's pretty good, actually. It features some solid actors, aside from Charlotte Scott. Uh, we've got, Lee, <laughs> we've got uh, Lee Shriver going on in there. Um, Excuse me? Yeah, Lee Shriver. He's awesome in it. What? Yeah, so the, the premise of the movie is this. Uh, this is a sequel to do I Do I need to know the premise of this movie? I think it's important. It's You know what? This movie is very comparable to Rocky. Uh, and it's like direction and in its like stakes Sylvester Stallone just shit a brick <laughs> how dare you Sylvester Stallone would watch me be like yeah it's pretty good I don't know. but um <laughs> amazing impression. it's like I, he's in the room I try you know I try <laughs> but um but no like it's <laughs> Lee Shriver's in it he's awesome of course uh, he is Allison Pill is there and like she she's great in it um like I said before, uh, what's his face? White Russell's in it, and he's terrifying. He plays a psychopathic um, hockey player who has come onto the team, has kind of forced Sean Scott out, and is just the whole team has to adjust to him. And like this guy is just out for blood. Is is a whole father son dynamic there that's happening, which is crazy. Where like the guy who's owns the team now, like he was a hockey star in his day, brings his son on, who is also like you know a star, but is also like a bruiser and just like. A guy that just wants to just burn the world down. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he hates the sport, hates his dad, but is just good at playing hockey. But it's all about the conflict between him, between Charlie and Scott. Um, but yeah, it brings the whole cast back. Elijah Cuthbert is there, and she's like hilarious in it. Mm. Um, but yeah, the the entire premise of the movie is him like getting kicked out of hockey due to an injury. Charlie and Scott. Um, him trying to adjust to a normal life, having a, a kid, like raising a family and whatnot, mm-hmm. being a husband. And realizing like he kind of needs hockey to like just keep himself together, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like he becomes like an insurance salesman, like works for Jason Jones. <laughs> I feel like this movie is suffering from what some shows and stuff have mm-hmm. in the past of just the title of it just kind of ruins it and yeah. sinks that ship from the get go. It's it feels like, like the title... your uh, see your what is it? Um, oh, that show selfie. Mm. as exhibit a of like i heard that was a decent show but mm-hmm. the name of it just kind of tanked it like mm-hmm. goon colon the last enforcer yeah it doesn't scream quality because <laughs> what you're describing to me is like oh if they could do that with a lot of actors and it would be like a legit little comedy or whatever mm-hmm. but and like What's good about, I guess, Sean William Scott's performance in it and that character is like. What is good about Sean William Scott's performance? In it's this? so different from like all those other jerk ass characters that you've seen him play in like in every movie in the early 2000s. Right. In this, it's like he's a really nice person. <laughs> like Aww. he's good at like fighting and being like an enforcer, but like he doesn't really like, you know, want to hurt people. He's like very nice, very like peaceable man and like is really trying to like make something good for his family and himself. And it's finally like, you know, found something that's like he's good at and he enjoys, but like seeing him struggle with like you know trying to meld back into like the regular world of like having a job and having a nine to five and realizing like no there's more that i can do and i was good at it was it shalom scott who was in that movie with paul rudd were they yes role models yes yes yes. 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 see you know his over as well all right i know one movie (laughs) that and american pie which is what most people know him for but um but yeah he was fine in role models yeah he's 
he's a dude that is, appears in a movie like once every five years. Yeah. It feels like. Um, he definitely does have like a lot of crap on his plate, but mm-hmm. he does have some solid movies as well. Mm-hmm. I'll always champion the rundown. That is a fun-ass action movie. Rosario Dawson, The Rock, Christopher Walken, Sean William Scott. Like, That's a weird, delightful little cast. It is a... It's so strong, <laughs> that movie. Um, and I would recommend that to anyone at any time. You okay. like action? It's fun. Okay. Really... Yeah, it's it's it to me. It was The Rock's first. Like The Rock is an actor. Dwayne oh. Johnson, you can act. I'm. He's I'm here. I am. Yes, he's it, ready. To it was play. his arrival for okay. me, at least. Okay. But um, yeah, I saw that. I recommend it if you have time to watch a goons on Netflix right now. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so yeah, if you, I think they're both there on Netflix. So if someone, oh, good. If someone wants to have a goon marathon, you can do it. All right. <laughs> That'll be the day. <laughs> um, I saw Battle of the Sexes. With Steve Carell and Emma Stone. Oh, how was that? It was good. Okay. Um, it actually focused, not that I ever thought it was going to be all about tennis, but it's less about tennis. I don't know why I was surprised, but less about tennis and more about um, general feminism and like her, um, the her relationship um, mm-hmm. with her girlfriend, we'll call it. Um because they were kind of, I only say that because they're kind of together, kind mm-hmm. of. Uh, um, it's not like super serious. Okay. Um, her, she does have a relationship in the movie. Um, but yeah, it was really quite touching. And by the end of it, I was like, oh my God, you're so inspiring. And I was crying like a baby. <laughs> um, but they're both great in it. Um, yeah, I, it was a good little, you know, feminist, yay. Mm hmm. Uh, and very inspiring. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's not the things that we, we've been talking about things we like so far. Mm. Something that I saw that I don't even know what the fuck it's about, but I don't like the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? That movie, uh, A Stitch in Time? Oh, no, A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. That trailer looks horrible. Like, I everyone know. in that trailer, I like. I love Oprah. Like, who doesn't love me some mini Kaling? All right. Of course. Like Reese Witherspoon. Fine. Yeah. Like Chris Pine. You're my guy. All right. Yeah. It's just that. What is that? Tri- what is that movie about? I, think I it, challenge anyone to look at that and tell me what it's about without knowing the source material. I think people are just relying on the fact that people do know the source material. Also, I, f- I have a feeling like it's not it's going to pull like an Ender's Game. And it's like you put oh, all this money oh, and all these. Bad. Yeah. And all these big names in it got Harrison Ford but it's still just so CGI heavy uh, oh. it feels like a Tomorrowland situation and I'm sorry I made you watch that I will always apologize <laughs> to you for that I'm sorry I made you pay your own human money to go and see that movie US American dollars <laughs> oh I mean we all had hopes Jason. I was like man this was fun like yeah I love Tomorrowland like and then I saw that and I had to apologize to you <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> But uh, it feels like it's going down the same run. I hope, yeah. I hope. I mean, a trailer does not imply what a movie will actually be all the time. I know that's the aim of a trailer. Mm. But sometimes trailers are just bad and the movie's great. Get Out, great movie, bad trailer. Like, they're just movies that, hopefully this is one where it's like, you know, the movie was just fine. Mm. It just had a really bad trailer. But coming now as someone that does not know the source material yeah. and just looking at the visual evidence displayed before me. Yeah. I am not excited for that movie. That, that CGI is very CGI. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, it's very much like... I understand that it looks like a, a kid's fantasy movie, which yeah. is fine. 
nothing wrong with that. There are yeah. tons of good children's fantasy movies. Totally. But this doesn't look like a good one. <laughs> yeah. Just based on like you know the look of things. I was like... super excited by the cast, mm-hmm. but yeah, when I first saw the trailer, I agree. I was like, "Ooh, this this might not be great." Right. But that was just a tangent I went off on just to discuss something that just yeah. was bothering me. Also, like Chris Pine, I sh- I shouldn't critique. It's I have not seen the performance, mm-hmm. but like he's not ready to be a dad. <laughs> 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 I just I can't. <laughs> It sounds like you dated him for a while. <laughs> like, ah, uh, Chris, like, you can't figure this out. How are you ever going to figure a kid out, okay? You haven't cleaned the garage yet, but you think you can have a baby? <laughs> Come on. Um, I just, it's weird because he's usually, like, the leading man and uh-huh. whatever. But to see him as a dad, like, it doesn't sink up in my brain enough. Mm-hmm. And it throws me off when I see that trailer. It's funny because, like, he's older than you think. Definitely. Right. But, like... I can understand from like his previous don't, roles. Don't get me wrong; he can still get it. <laughs> like mm, Chris, give me a call back. But yeah, like it's uh, yeah, and it's interesting. I guess like he's he's a man who's in distress. He needs his mm. kid to come and save him. Yes, and that's all I get from it. He sucks somewhere in space time. Who knows? Mm. Like after reread the book, I haven't read it in ages. Mm. Again, like I should I should guess I should read the book. Maybe mine. I host a co op for it, and mm. I'd be more in support of it. But mm. from what I'm seeing right now more like meh um but yeah, yeah. that's just a I slight agree. tangent on something that i saw that i didn't like um another thing oh um have you seen the now i can't remember what it was about but the trailer for hostels hostiles with christian bale and I've seen, yeah, I've seen the trailer for that. It looks interesting. Like, um, he plays a soldier in the Union Army in the 1800s, yeah? Now I cannot remember it for the life of me. <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, yes, no, it's coming back to me. He he is in, yes, Civil... Oh, God. I swear I'm not an idiot. <laughs> I was going to say Civil War times. <laughs> but I think that's true. <laughs> and he has to... He was, uh, he basically just killed tons of Native Americans, but then his next assignment is to take the body of this Native American, I think he was like a Native American chief or like a very revered Mm -hmm. um, man, um, to be buried somewhere like near his home. Mm -hmm. And so that is his, his journey. Mm Mm-hmm. But it looked pretty good. Okay. Despite the fact that I cannot, for the life of me, remember the trailer. <laughs> but I was excited for it. Okay. And I like his movies lately. Christian Bale's stuff has been very kind of under the radar. Yeah, he's like he's certainly been active like since he's Batman. Been doing stuff. Yeah. But it's just kind of I don't know if it's like ever since his little uh, Terminator outburst that studios have backed away a bit. I don't think that it's long enough that people have forgotten that. And I guess like, so. which was again, that outburst is pretty funny. That was great. <laughs> um, Cause he's just really tearing into a guy, but still being very nice to him at the same time. <laughs> like he, and he even says like, you're a nice guy, <laughs> but I'm done with you professionally. <laughs> it's like a very, you know how when people get that mad logic goes out the window, <laughs> it's still like the logic is still there. It's very much rooted. His argument is very much rooted in truth. And he's probably like right in that the guy shouldn't have been doing whatever he was yeah. doing, but 
that level of anger surely was not warranted. It's fun watching the movie, though, because you know what scene it is. Yeah. Like, there's a scene that has lights specifically, and he's talking with Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes. He mentions her by name, the, like, the, the outrage. He does, which is great, which only makes me enjoy that argument more, because you can imagine Bryce Dallas Howard just sitting at that table on the periphery, just wide-eyed, not knowing what the fuck like, to do. Rubber and neck trying, like, yeah, yeah, just looking down, just staring down at her feet. Just waiting for that moment to like, pass. I'm super not involved in this conversation. Oh, boy. Right <laughs> oh God, it makes that argument even better. <laughs> but like, yeah, like I, I, I again at that point, it's just like I will get up there with you tonight, but I do not want to work with you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like this movie, I think I saw him or someone do like a tiny bit of press for it. Mm-hmm. His movie that he did with my husband, Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. also very much on the radar. But they're also, the subject matter is very sad, as is the subject matter for this movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's, they're not um, marketing it because it's, they're not very marketable projects. But you have very marketable people in it, you know? It's like, you have Oscar Isaac, you have, like, Christian Bale, yeah. like, and uh, and there's a female lead in it as well that's, like, pretty interesting, right? Well, I'm sorry, this current movie for oh, Rosa, Rosamund, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund Pike, yeah. yeah. Like, you have two people that were, yeah, you could definitely, like, you know, put this on a thing, like, and have people watch it, like, you know, get yeah. them on talk shows, but I, I, I don't know. I'm assuming it was an American production company that I'd imagine. Because it's about the West. But yeah. Anyways, I was excited for it. I think Mm -hmm. it might be the only one. Um, Also, um, they are making The Girl in the Spider's Web the um, sequel to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, finally. That took a while. Yeah. However, the main, the woman who's playing Lisbeth Salander, Mm -hmm. Claire Foy. So didn't see that one coming. Rooney Mara not coming back. I guess not. Interesting. Claire Foy, who looks like she weighs a hundred pounds, soaking wet. I know nothing of Claire Foy. Um, you haven't seen um The Crown at all on Netflix. I have not watched The Crown. On That's Netflix. her. Okay. All right. She plays Queen. Yeah, I like her very much as an actress, mm-hmm. and she seems like a really nice person. So- I'm interested to see her. It's. I feel like it must be incredibly hard as an actor mm-hmm. when two two other actors have done the same character. They both I, were great. Both are well known. Like <laughs> number but of like now and... you have to try to do your own version. And mm-hmm. oh boy, it's it's weird because the the length of time between like the two movies. Like I people really seem to come out for the first one and like that movie and it was like very much critically acclaimed. Are we talking and... about the Daniel Craig one? Yes, talking about that one. And I just assumed, like, okay, in two years, we're going to select another one. Yeah. They just really sat on their hands and nothing happened. I don't know if it was, like, a rights issue or what, but it, it just feels like. I think a lot of people compared it to the actual, like, European version. The original. And they were like, oh, we like that one more. Blah, blah, oh, blah. okay. So even though I thought this one was perfectly fine, mm-hmm. I was entertained also because Daniel Craig was in it. So that makes it fun. And, like, it's hard. I don't know. Book adaptations that, like, you know, become movies and then have different actors play the role as, like, the, the series goes on. Mm. It's it's tough. Um, I, I think of something like, uh, well, uh, it, it doesn't apply so much to the Harry Potter series. It's like, yes, the person that played Dumbledore, he passed oh, away. Right. Um, but I think of something like the, the Jack Ryan series of books, which are just whatever. They're not, like, you know, held as, like, you know, these are great pieces They're, of literature. They strike me as being, like... 
um, the stereotypically male version of like a beach read for ladies. Those are books sold for like 40 year old dads. Yeah, they're just throwaway whatever. Yeah, like the market for that is like very specific. Yes. But like many people have played Jack Ryan over the years and like to the point where it's like, really? Isn't it? Has Tom Cruise? No, that's Jack Reacher. That's Jack Reacher. But Chris, <laughs> Chris Pine has Chris right? Pine has now John Krasinski. John Krasinski now, and he's going to continue playing him. Sure, <laughs> I've heard him talk about it. John Krasinski, just make like one more funny movie that's not a romantic comedy. Yeah, I know. Like I don't know, man. Like they keep trying to sell him to me as an action man. I know it's weird. It's like, the, is your agent Ben Affleck in like the mid two thousands? I'm not like, comfortable with it. I don't think he's comfortable with no. it. It's weird. And it's like, sure, try things. Awesome. But totally. I think we're at the point where you've tried it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever, man, I can't slight the man's game. Like, yeah, he, he might be awesome. 13 hours is just fine. Yeah. Like agreed. That was one where it's like, okay, I'll believe this. Yes. Yes. Um, but you know, hopefully, I don't know. Hopefully it works out. Well, he is, um, he and Emily Blunt are doing that movie. Oh shoot. I forgot the name of it. It's like a horror thriller. Suspense. Yes. We talked about this before. Yeah. It does look really good. So that looks really good. That looks awesome. And it's not him being an action star. It's just being like a normal yes. actor. Which that is good. Should be it really doesn't cool. require layers of muscle. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one too. Um, what else did I watch over break? Oh, um, I talked about it earlier before. Um, mm. Steven Universe. I watched that. It's good. What is that? It is a show um, on Cartoon Network. It's for kids, but also, I think, very enjoyable for adults as well. Um, sure. It <laughs> it deals with like things in an interesting way. Um, mm-hmm. It deals with like, relationships. Uh, it deals with love. It deals with uh, LGBT issues. Like It's cool. Wait, you say, is this animated? Yeah, it's an animated okay, thing. Okay, cool. Um, some cool voices on there. Um, voices like Kate Micucci, oh. uh, the singer Estelle. Um, what's her name? Um, the singer Estelle? Yeah. That's cool. Like, she's an awesome voice she did, on that. She did that one song. She had two huge songs. One with Will I Am, one with uh, Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, on her de- debut album back right, in like, right, right. 2007 or so. That's cool. She is, I like her speaking voice. Her speaking voice is quite lovely. She's, like, it's, one of the best parts of that yeah, show, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Might have gotten me with that one. You have Tom Sharp playing the host of The Best Show. You have uh, Brian Pochane on there. Patty Lupone. Like, what? Charlene Yee. Like, there are a oh. lot of, like... What a surprising little cast. It's a really cool cast. Um, it's a pretty sweeping story. It does pay off on things that, like, you know, they talk about early on. Um, it deals with things like, hey, like, you know, death of parents and, like, the things your parents don't tell you because they're trying to help you it's in a way. a surprisingly heavy animated show. Yeah, it talks about relationships and also looking at them through, like, a kid's eyes. It's like, well, yeah, my mom died. My dad used to date this person, mm. but, like, they shouldn't be dating anymore. But they're talking mm. again now. But it's looking at it in that light of like you're young and like you don't really understand what's happening around you, but you're trying your best to like figure things out. Um, is it like a typical cartoon where it's very episodic and it's just one plot and it wraps it all up? No. Or is it an actual like through line, like story being told over a season? It, it does both. Okay. Um, you are able to have episodes where things like wrap up in twelve minutes, but there's a also, through line also. Yeah, it's okay, also a through cool. line as well. Um, music's really fun in it. Um. It's a very bright and pretty show. Hmm. 
So yeah, I I do recommend it. Like, what it, network is it on? It's on Hulu. You can like access oh, it there. Okay. But uh, it's originated on Cartoon Network. Oh, okay, cool. But yeah, I do recommend that thing. Um, speaking of good music, mm-hmm. I remember you saying. No, I don't remember you saying it's because I'm a narcissist and I was listening back to one of the episodes of this. Uh-huh. And you mentioned the um, theme song for Detroiters. Mm-hmm. And so I checked it out and it is so good. It's really fucking good. It's so delightfully smooth. <laughs> and I, de- I bought it and I've just been walking to the subway every day to it and it's lovely it is a great song it's and like, it's happy is... but it's smooth yes it. it's like this is living in a city like yeah. this is real nice <laughs> I love it so much and I think it very much captures the essence of that show these are yeah. two guys that really do enjoy what they do oh, and yeah. they like it's each other it's the perfect tone for the yeah. show yeah 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 like it's I really like that song it a lot. makes me very happy <laughs> so thank you for that uh, you're welcome and more people should listen to that song yeah and watch that show I might yeah. I might buy that show on like iTunes or something I really need to watch a lot of that, I, I think. Like I, the few episodes, seem like, I know you'll enjoy it. Yeah, it's like this. This is this feels like right at my yeah. alley. <laughs> Maybe if I buy on Amazon, I can give you my password so you can watch it. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll check it out like that. Um, I also watch. Oh, I watched Baby Driver. Oh, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. As someone. I think I'm one of maybe very few people mm-hmm. who is not particularly despite our just our conversation just now not particularly passionate about music mm-hmm. it's not one of like my, my great loves right i just am a normal casual listener mm-hmm. um so that wasn't what drew me to it necessarily right what did draw me to it was john ham's beautiful face it's like this movie reaffirmed like <sighs> yo you're a handsome ass dude man like Good Ugh. for you. Ugh, I can't. <laughs> like that, it's like part of it's like the haircut. But the also haircut. Like, yeah, he's a great haircut in that movie. He has an amazing haircut in that movie. <laughs> he has an amazing face in that movie <laughs> and in life. I ugh. Um, but I and I don't like love stories because mm-hmm. I'm dead inside. <laughs> so I was like, why do I care about this movie? But I do love action movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally sat down and watched it, and I enjoyed it. It um wasn't. Uh, didn't fall into some stereotypes that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not too overly schmaltzy with the love story. Mm-hmm. It's very cute, right? And there's not a ton of it. There's just enough in there, right? Um, I it's a thread that goes through the movie, but right. it's not what the movie's about at its core right. necessarily. And it's not, yeah, exactly. Um, and I I liked um, uh, Phil Collins' daughter. What's her name? Oh, Lily Collins. Yeah, she was great. She was adorable. Mm-hmm. Very sweet, um, legit actress. I wouldn't have been like, oh, she's just in this movie because she's Phil Collins' daughter. Because mm-hmm. um, you know how much pull he has in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, just, I'm, that Hollywood bigwig, Phil Collins. We know that he rules, you know. Just drumming everywhere. Yes, or just drumming <laughs> everywhere. Okay, he's won Oscars. He's a bigwig, all right? <laughs> They say if you want to get anyone in Hollywood, you got to talk to Phil Collins first, okay? There's nothing that happens that time that Phil Collins does not know about it, all right? He heard it in the air of the night. It's true. We call him the marionette because he's always just pulling strings. <laughs> no, not the marionette. The puppet master. <laughs> the city my... is his marionette. <laughs> yes. all right. We all are. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable movie. The driving was obviously great. Um, the soundtrack um, was impressive, because it spans so many different genres and mm. time periods and stuff. So it was really 
um, enjoyable, even though I'm not um, huge music <laughs> music file. No audio audio file. There we go. Good heaven, Smith. Um, but yeah, so I enjoyed it. It was good. It's good because like he's a director that's able to like impress his his tastes mm-hmm. upon you in a way. It's like. I'm really into this. I really like it. Yeah. I hope you like it too. Yeah. Like, and he's done like, you know, a lot of things which have been like, not parodies, but like, you know, his expression of his love for right. a certain genre movie, right, right, right. you know, like Shaun of the, the Dead, Shaun of the Dead, like yeah. a zombie movie, like a hot fuzz being like, you know, a, a action cop movie. Right. And this is like, I've never done a car movie before. Like, yeah. you know, this is my idea of like what my car movie would be like. And it was like really fun. Like, um, people like Jamie Foxx, like he's so great. Yeah. great in it. And, What's cool about the trailer for this movie versus when I actually saw it, mm. the trailer made me think like, oh, Jamie Foxx is going to be like his mentor, like yeah. you know, his buddy, <laughs> like you know, help him out and all this stuff. Not true. Yeah. And I thought that was like a nice twist of what yeah. they showed you in the trailer versus what you actually got to I see think, in the movie. Yeah, the whole cast and their relationships with each other mm-hmm. was not the stereotypical thing, which is cool. Right. Even though he's obviously learned that he's a uh, dirtbag, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Spacey was good in it. Yeah, he was um, good, despite his dirtbagness. Yes. Um, and the, uh, spoiler alert, kind of, the relationship that Ansel Elgort has with um, his foster father yeah. was f- incredibly touching. That's even really though sweet. it's um, it's not a huge part of it but it mm-hmm. definitely does drive part of the movie like not drive part of the movie <laughs> um but you it monster. was it was <laughs> 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 um it was incredibly touching and mm-hmm. surprising and the fact that he was deaf was like oh this is yeah all right like Ansel Elgort, I don't think I'd ever seen anything prior to Me that. Me neither, because I found his face very punchable. But he's actually <laughs> pretty likable in this movie. He was very likable. Like I hope I, I want good things for him. Yeah. Um. I want okay things for him. <laughs> I know. still find his face a little bit punchable. And within when they first show him and he's like dancing in his car, I was like, oh, I'm gonna murder this kid. Mm-hmm. But after that scene, he was great. The wonderful pun of like you said to get Mike Myers masks. And oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just brief, just, oh, that humor that was really funny, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, a, a fun movie, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, another thing I checked out was uh, The Shape of Water. Oh, yeah, um, the Guillermo del Toro film. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I gonna say Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> <laughs> which I did see something of his as well. Oh, so I'll talk about you that. You're the only bit. one. <laughs> Um. So I yeah saw Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful movie. It's it's so I mean it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But aesthetically, just yes, aesthetically, oh, visually, God. that's the beauty of that movie. It's it so is, pretty to look at. You just want a second set of eyeballs just so you can watch <laughs> it more. It's gorgeous from like from the get go. Yes, like. As soon as it comes on, you're like, oh, this like, is amazing. Set design, color, lighting. Like, it's all, oh, like, it, yeah. if people people watch movies sometimes and they say, like, you know, like, I can't really see like, the technical aspects of a, of a film. Right. They're on display here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, the simple, like, filming techniques of, like, hey, lighting can really change the mood. Oh, see. my gosh. Costuming, yeah. what people are wearing, you know, color matters. That like, color palette without, like, it's not subtle, but it is. Yeah. It doesn't overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, you just drink it in. And there's so many, like, visual cues of color happening yes. in the movie, too. Yes. And, yeah, like, um, great performances all around. Sally Hawkins, I, she needs to win. I don't know why she isn't up for every award. I'm surprised she wasn't nominated at all. How was she not? Her performance is incredible. There is not, like, I had to remind myself that she is a 
fully functioning human being yes. who can talk. Yes. Because her performance is absolutely incredible. And I don't, it makes me angry that she isn't nominated for every award. Like, she was awesome. And Richard Jenkins was awesome. He was a delight in He it. was wonderful. Yes. Like, um, Octavia Spencer, great in it. Always like, you great. Know, and I, I think people, like, forget how funny she is. I don't know how, because she's hilarious. She's very funny. <laughs> oh, and her dialogue was great, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Jones in the suit, yes. of course. Like, you know, excellent. Like, yeah. you know, so emotive with his body. Like, this lanky six four dancer man. Oh, he's taller than that, I think. He's like a... I want to say like six six or something. He's like very tall. He's tall, thin, lanky. Yeah, like he's built to be a dancer. Right, and like yeah, he was he was excellent. <laughs> I was gonna say he's built to be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> this man was only meant to terrify and harm. Like no, like um, you know, he he's been in every recent Guillermo del Toro movie. Yeah. I think maybe except for Pacific Rim. And even that, he's probably doing mocap for like some of those monsters mm. or some of those suits, perhaps. Um, but yeah, like he was excellent in this. Like yeah. the, the, the water is beautiful in it. Oh, Michael Shannon. Terrifying. He's so... He is... A, I find him to be like a very magnetic actor. Like mm-hmm. As soon as he's on screen, he's my main focus. Like you're Unless like he's... John Hammer, like Tom Hardy is on the screen, then I might have to just pull it away a little bit. <laughs> but... His performance was incredible. Mm-hmm. Again, he should also be nominated for awards. Yeah, but he's not I like don't ever. Get it? Like yeah, all every he is excellent in everything that he's in, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like consistently, like good in the things Quality, that he does. Yeah, the, the thing that he did uh, in twenty sixteen, uh, Midnight Special. Yes, he was awesome in that. And I don't think anybody saw that movie. No one. Saw I meant that. to because it was on HBO forever, and I ne- didn't see it. It's good. It's a real solid movie. Yeah. Um, science fiction based. Right. Like um, Michael Shannon's good in it. Joel Edgerton is good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten Dunst is in it, and like, yeah, it's a solid movie. Um, I did see that uh, that Joel Edgerton movie um, with the disease or what and whatnot. The disease. Uh, why the hell can't I remember the name? I did not write this down. Um, Joel Edgerton movie where he and his family are there at the... Oh, at that house in the woods? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I, I, I want to find the either. exact name so that no one is thrown off by anything that I'm saying. So I'm kind of stalling up every time. <laughs> Hopefully no one is annoyed at this. Uh, IMDb needs to work faster. Um, um, did you see that Michael Shannon while you looked that up? Speaking of him, mm-hmm. he's going to be in that um, movie with Chris, Hem- Chris Hemsworth, the 12 whatever... Uh, uh, I think it's got the. It's about the first um, soldiers who were sent to I think Afghanistan mm-hmm. um, after September 11th, mm-hmm. and he's it's it's got Chris Hemsworth, um, um, Michael Pena, Michael Shannon, just a real kind of random cast for a movie that doesn't look like it's great. That sounds like a lot of people that I like. True, me too. Um, I'm not, I, I have a feeling it's going to be, uh, like 13 hours type of quality, mm-hmm. you know, I was surprised to see Michael Shannon in it as a, like, as an, one of the soldiers. He's generally an antagonist. Yeah. And it's just, he tends to pick very interesting projects and mm-hmm. very unique ones. And that struck me as, I'm sure it'll be fine, mm-hmm. but not his typical project. So okay. I was surprised. And thank you for covering because I have the name now. No problem. It comes at night. Yes. Um, it was not good. 
Oh, no. <laughs> um, like, you know, it, it, from what you see in the trailer, from what you see in the movie. The trailer is good. The trailer is fine. But in the movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, Jason. I'm shitting on the trailer because I didn't care about the movie that much. Right, no, the trailer right. is actually really good. I, I remember being terrified when I saw like, the trailer. There's a great deal of mystery that makes you want to see the movie yes, as opposed absolutely. to mystery that makes you wonder, why am I even watching this? No. It brings <laughs> oh, no. you It brings you into it in a way that's just like, oh, man, what's going to happen? Yeah. But when you actually sit down and watch the movie, it's. I don't know. I guess my mind built up more than what was actually there. Mm. Or what, I, what I wanted wasn't there, and I can't blame the movie for not having that. Yeah. But what was there, the acting that was on display was good. Okay. Um, you know, the, the premises, it's a family that is there in the woods, in their home, going back through their daily routine. Uh, the grandfather of the family just died due mm. to this mysterious illness that's happening. Okay. Um, that's affected the world. So from what we know, it's been an apocalypse of some kind. Okay. Um, caused by a disease that okay. has killed most of humanity. Oh. Um, a man tries to break into their home one day, um, and they st- George is able to stop him, questions him, finds that the man has a family, and he's just, you know... Trying he, to survive, too. Trying to survive, too. And he's just taking the risk of, like, going out there and helping him get his family back to him. Mm-hmm. And they do it. They, they, the guy wasn't lying. He was mm-hmm. telling the truth. He gets the family back to them. And they go about their, their daily lives. Like, hey, hey, this is a family-living community now. Um, the son of Joel Edgerton um, is uh, a teenage boy, mm-hmm. but he Ugh. he <laughs> is keep he keeps having dreams about his uh, about his dead grandfather, mm-hmm. and like you know, and himself getting sick as well. Mm-hmm. And every night on cue, like you know, he just has a terrible dream about like you know what might what might happen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, as the movie goes on, like you know, y- you don't really know what's out there at night. They never really say what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the mystery. You know, they just know that at night, when night comes, they are in that house, locked up tight, no lights, no movements, no sounds. You know, keep as quiet as possible. Mm-hmm. In the day, they can move around freely, do what they need to do. Mm-hmm. But at night, they are locked up tight in that mm-hmm. house. And the whole time, you keep thinking, like, well, me too. But that's point. just because I'm antisocial. <laughs> Unless that's what this movie is about—an antisocial ass family that <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to talk to anyone. The world's fine. They're just dicks. <laughs> Um, the worst neighbor <laughs> but no ultimately what happens i mean i don't want to spoil anything else for anyone else well spoiler alert skip this part because i want to know because i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> so as time goes on you know um the dog it gets sick like they oh have a dog. no whenever there's a dog in a movie it never survives <laughs> And it makes me mad because as soon as a little cute it's, little puppy face pops up, I'm like, oh, you're going to be dead in the next 40 minutes. It's a che- not cheap, but it's a conventional way of like, you know, getting at your heartstrings yeah, a bit. Yeah. Like, um, but the dog gets sick and it gets a disease and it, it has to be put down. Oh, no. And then over time, the kid, you know, he's a bit of a, not voyeur, but like he's so curious about like there are new people in this house. Like, that's okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's like, you know, he like listens to like their conversations at night. Like, and it's just generally pleasant things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's them playing with their son and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And one night, you know, he hears like, you know, the, the guy's wife, the new guy, his wife crying, bawling her eyes out. The, the and like the, the kid has contracted the disease at this Uh-oh. point. And like he goes and tells his dad, Joel Edgerton, him mm-hmm. and the wife, you know, try to get them out of the house. Right. And a confrontation occurs mm-hmm. where. And this is where the movie gets silly. Okay. Because if one child is listening to reason to the other, it would have been fine. Like, they've lived, at this point, they've lived together for months. Okay. Like, you know, they've been a family together, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And all the guy wants to do, the new guy wants to do, is just take his wife, his kid, get some supplies, 
to last them a little bit on the road and just leave. Mm-hmm. Just go. That's mm-hmm. all they want to do. And Joel Edgerton is somehow convinced, like, we have to, like, you know, we have to kill these people or, like, or get them what? out of here like, nothing. Like, it, his motivations are so, like, unclear and just, like, well, why is he doing this? Yeah. Like, he, he ultimately, like, you know, he tells his kid, like, you know, he can't really trust anyone. Like, you know, granted, they've been here. They're our friends. But, like, family comes first. Which is, like, I get that. But, yeah. like, the, all they really want to do is a couple supplies. They don't even want all your shit. Yeah. They just want a few things to last for how long it's going to last them. Right. And they want to be away. That's all. That's totally fair. Yeah. But for some reason, he feels he has to shoot these people and get oh them out of his God. house because the kid has, like, you know, the illness. Right. The confrontation occurs. The The scuffle happens. They wind up, like, killing the couple uh-huh. that's there. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, does the kid end up not being sick? The kid does end up being oh, sick. The kid okay. dies as well oh, uh, in the confrontation. I wanted there to be a twist and the kid lives and then they're like, oh, fuck. The twist is um, the son gets sick. Like, all of his dreams do come true. He becomes infected, too. I mean, that's not even a twist. I mean, and then, like, you know, the the last three minutes of the movie is, like, the mom there over her son. She's not wearing a protective mask this mm. time. She's there with the son. And she goes down, and, like, Joel Edgerton is there, like, all bloodied up. And, like, no mask on either. And you assume, like, well, they're both infected now, right. too. Had they just done nothing and let them go, they'd still be alive. Right. But... That's the movie. It's not as fun as you think it is. No. Like, it's kind of a downer. Yeah. But downer aside, it's not even, like, a logical downer. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just... That stinks. Yeah, like, the, people got mad for no reason, was, is what it felt like. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I saw that. It went all that good. Sounds like whoever wrote it, they got through two-thirds of it and were like, yeah, and then they just did not know how to finish it. <laughs> oh, man. That's a bummer. Um. Speaking of Joel Edgerton, I watched Bright on netflix oh what do you think um at first i wasn't totally on board mm-hmm. um a couple reasons one it's just will smith being will smith which is what you get will smith for sometimes yeah but he's been out of the limelight for so long i was hoping and this is such a departure for him mm-hmm. kind of that i was hoping it'd be something different okay fair enough um but it's pretty much him being him not not in like the funny fun will smith but in the um uh tough guy with hard goals badass type of thing Mm -hmm. um so i just had to i watched half of it and then i was talking to somebody about it and i realized i just have to just be okay with that Mm -hmm. um and the second thing was you're used to seeing orcs and fairies and stuff in full fantasy films Mm -hmm. So seeing them in a film with other normal people mm-hmm. and human beings um, in very realistic settings, to me, it made everything just look funny and just kind of like weird because you're seeing... When you see like an orc in a football jersey and like... Yeah. It's just like, all right, sure. And like, <laughs> um, uh, Edgar Ramirez is in it. Mm-hmm. He's just a human specimen of beauty <laughs> oh my heavens he's also on the husband list um he plays an elf and he's got like con like i think like very light colored contacts mm-hmm. and like blue white hair, hair. Mm-hmm. and so i was very put off by this a don't cover that beautiful face but it's fine <laughs> but b like it's it's weird to see them next to normal humans right so once i got over that you, I just had to suspend every 
my disbelief and just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Okay. It was fine. Um, Numi Rapace is in it. Mm-hmm. She's great. Um, she kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, Joel Edgerton is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, he His character is likable from the get-go. Right. Um, he's he's very do-gooder. Um, like his character is it's Not like terribly good well cop, developed. bad cop, kind of like. Yeah. But he's also new cop as well. Like yeah. His first day on the force. Uh, no, not his first day. Right, you're right. Yes, it's did been, you see it? Yeah, I did see oh, it. Oh, okay. But like, it's he's just started. Like, right. He's a rookie, basically. Yeah. Like, um, I, I've, I did watch it with some friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't like pay attention to it all the way. Okay. But um, in watching it though, I feel like there are like a lot of good ideas there. Like, yeah, well, this is a very interesting world you guys have built. Yeah. But like, we're not spending enough time in it. I guess. Like, I agree. If it was like, I could see it as like a six part miniseries. Absolutely, I think that that'd way be you the could better build format. Build those for characters it. more. Build that yeah. relationship more. I, because even some like the tertiary characters and stuff, I wanted to know more about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like, what are these of, organizations? Yeah. Like, what? Like you know, like you hear about this wand and blah blah blah, but you don't really. You just know that if it gets to that person, it's going to be bad, right? And there's going to be something bad coming. But you want to, you can build out the universe more. Certainly, definitely. And like I think what it does that fantasy movies do if you're looking for a fantasy movie, it does have lore there, and like, but, oh yeah, but they're not telling us what that lore is. And I'm very curious, like you know. This is it's a it's a fantasy characters in a modern setting, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, how do we get to this modern setting? Right. Like, you know, like you know, how do these characters interplay with each other? Right. Really, like we're just seeing like you know this one city and mm-hmm. how that works, but like you know, how does the world work? Kind right. of. But um, but yeah, I think there are good ideas. The movie is fine. Totally. I don't yeah, think it's, it's fine. A bad movie. No, it's um, a good kind of actiony thing. Yeah. It has some like heart in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of um, the whole analogy to like race and the state well, of our country like, and stuff. Yeah, great. Um, but yeah, I would have liked to have seen the characters and the story kind of built out more. Certainly. Like I wouldn't be surprised if Netflix in a couple of years spins it into like a series without, that'd be cool. You know, Will Smith and, uh, right. which is fine. If you just two other guys on the police force mm-hmm. or focus kind of pull a wire, but not on that level, um, with like following a character who's on the police force, following uh, an orc who's just a normal guy on the world, right. trying to just be a normal guy more crash i guess than like oh god else. not yeah. that that's a great movie at all <laughs> but the fact but that the idea of like different your... characters interplaying right. with each other like right. you know they're focused on in this episode but not in this episode right looking at someone else entirely. totally that's unrelated to them to like, just see the different parts of society from every perspective right is, would be great right um yeah i but enjoyed yeah. it uh that's fine but well, still, I think that might be it mainly for things. Oh no, I talked about Gilbert Godfrey. So, okay. Oh man, <laughs> I was kind of hoping you forgot about there's it. A, there's a documentary on Netflix called uh, Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Uh, it's about Gilbert Godfrey and who he is. He's like, it's a well done documentary. Um, it shows you like part of his life, like a lot of his life. Mm-hmm. Like he's so much younger than you think. Like he's only like sixty. You think like he's like oh this is like he, he but he feels like he's always been sixty, which is the thing. Oh, see, I would have thought he'd be like in his fifties. <laughs> I guess yes, because he's. I don't think he, he's aged pretty well. At least yeah. last time I saw him, he looks about the same as he always has. Yeah, but like yeah, like he's a very much an introverted, shy person. Like you know, they talk about like the whole Avlac thing and how that went down. The what? And, uh, the whole like Aflac, how he lost the Aflac oh. position and all that stuff. Oh, did was there? He had made like jokes about like, the in the wake of the tsunami that occurred in Japan. Oh no! Um, 
And it was like right as it happened. Ooh, and they interviewed his media about it too. And like, and they were like, they he should have waited. Yeah. Like he really should have. But um, the movie's not about that. They mm-hmm. do talk about that, but mm-hmm. they talk about like you know, how'd you want to be becoming Iago? Well, <laughs> like they go into that. I mean, that's what we all really want. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly, it's the thing he's almost best, most well known for. But it's funny hearing like other comedians like talk about him. Like they yeah. hold him, like they revere him in like many ways. Really? It's like you know, hearing Eddie Murphy talk about him, like oh yeah, like Gilbert's amazing. He's one of the best comedians like working today. It's like what? in the eighties. He's like like I like I love him. Like I, when I'm you know, hanging at home, I want to like listen to something funny. I'll listen to Gilbert Godfrey. Interesting. Like, in like the 1980s, like, oh, very interesting. Like, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, they talk about his career and like, you know, it's the life He is of, kind of mysterious when you think about it. You don't, despite his incredibly loud voice. Right. And how that, that persona is not him right. <laughs> in real life And it's not all. even much of a persona. It's mm-hmm. just, just a voice. Distinct. Mainly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, and growing up as a kid in Brooklyn and all that stuff. It's, I didn't know that. It's fun. And another thing I watched, which kind of paired, Netflix surprisingly has good comedy documentaries. Oh. Oh, not Netflix, excuse me. Hulu has very good comedy documentaries. Oh, yeah, that is surprising. Um, I watched the Dana Carvey Show documentary, and it's really good. Mm. Um, it's a show that I think most people don't remember even existed. Yeah. Um, even though it was like the springboard for so many, for so many people's people. careers. Yeah. And... It's a lot of fun being able to talk with a lot of those dudes later on. When was it made? It was made in 96, the show, but gotcha. like this documentary. No, like, yeah, I meant the documentary. It just, it just came out like at the end of last year. Ooh, so, like, do November. they interview Louis? It, it, Louis is talked about, but he's not in it. Oh, interesting. Like, okay. I don't think he wanted to be in it or he, they weren't able to get him for Wasn't it. Wasn't he like the head writer? He was the head writer of the show, like him and Robert Smigel. Yeah. Um, do they it, interview... Uh, they talk Robert like, Smigel. Okay. Uh, they talk with Stephen Colbert. Yeah, they talk say. with Steve Carell. Oh, okay, and uh, cool. they talk with Dana Carvey, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk with like Bill Hader and like other people at the time, like who you know who liked the show and yeah. were inspired by it and all that stuff. And what is it's so fun to hear Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert talk about? Oh it. my god, yeah, because like you know that's where they started out together. That's where they knew each other from. They mm-hmm. got hired for the Daily Show off of that show. Oh okay, and like you know one sketch that they did. Um, this is the waiters. The waiters, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. the waiters, and the, how they got like you know brought to prominence <laughs> after that, um, and just like you know how hard they were trying and like oh, yeah. it just not working. Yeah, and that th- show now would probably do good. Yeah, like on like do, good, ad- do well for season. like an adult some kind of audience for like people that are aware oh, yeah. of like, alternative comedy now for people who. Uh, probably Dan Harmon fans would probably oh, like that. Absolutely, yeah. I think would like definitely gel with that. Yeah, but um, what is fun? They show them like. <laughs> they they were the lead in for their show after a while was like home improvement mm-hmm. and oh, robert schmeichel talks about it in a way of like oh yeah like tim allen like yeah he's a comedian like yeah busted for coke like he's cool right <laughs> <laughs> like yeah probably like you know his show's like probably like you know kind of edgy like kind of like ours right? right and they'd never seen it before and oh, then no. like he was they were like four episodes deep and he finally watched an episode he's like oh no this is not <laughs> the right Pair for us, yeah, no. Like they're coming in from like that into this, and this is not. We're doing sketches about the president like milking right, like right. himself to feed babies, right? And like they just had an episode where Randy had cancer, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like seeing like Stephen Colbert and like Steve Carell just explode, like oh my god, we were following this. What was wrong? <laughs> with us? Um, but it was a really enjoyable story. Um, very cool. Um, if just to like just see the early careers of Stephen Colbert and Stephen uh, Steve Stephen Carell 
because I know I'm a Steve. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, those are the things that I watch. And also, to get to the things that we made each other watch or listen to. Oh, I still stuff. have stuff. Uh, oh, no, go on. Go on. Do your thing. I'm done. I, I'm, I'm You're tapped. out. <laughs> um, 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 oh, it's mostly trailers and stuff, actually. Mm. So I want to see that show Happy with... Um, Oh, Christ. Chris Maloney? Yes, thank okay. you. Um, it looks really good, and it's gotten good reviews. Okay, it looks, it looks funny. suitably weird. Very. Um, it reminds me of that show with, uh, what's her name? Uh, Rachel Dratch, where she plays like an imaginary friend to this woman. Yes, it, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it. I can't think of the name of it right now, but like, yes, I feel they hang out in similar circles of weirdness. Agreed. Um, did you see the trailer for the movie called Mom and Dad, which is with Nicolas Cage I and Selma that trailer. Blair? I absolutely did see that trailer. <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> like, it looks I totally was fine. Like, oh, Nicholas. It, you know, it looked like hopefully he's like having fun in a movie yeah. as opposed to. I got to pay some bills. Yeah, I am <laughs> constantly in debt. Um, just... I want to see that movie. I want to see the movie of like someone playing <laughs> Nicholas Cage or Nicholas Cage playing himself. Like, uh, how am I going to pay off this $80 million debt? <laughs> I have to do one movie a week, every week for the next two years. <laughs> um, so that looked interesting. Selma Blair is beautiful and doesn't age. I don't know how that happens. She's the best. Um, and oh, Taika Waititi, oh my beautiful husband, mm-hmm. and Jermaine Clement. Their next project is going to be a TV series called Wellington Paranormal, huh. based off of uh, a spinning a spinoff of uh, what we do in the shadows. Dope, awesome, I'm so excited, <laughs> fantastic! Yeah, I am. That might be the thing I'm looking forward to the most. Any idea where it's coming to, or what platform? I don't remember. It's where we say platform, not network. Anymore. I know. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if they even know yet i don't know if it's even been started it's just that's in the works in the works cool i'm I'm down for that same z's um (laughs) get excited because there's gonna be another amazing jerry butler film coming to town g butts what's he got going on (laughs) (laughs) what's our buddy jerry got going on now we have to get him Um, on the show eventually let me first tell you the uh cast Mm -hmm. 50 cent Okay. They've already acted together in a thing, I feel. Pablo Schreiber. Okay. And a legit good actor who we talked about, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Okay. Interesting. Um, the movie is called Den of Thieves. That sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Do I remember what it is about? Uh, has to do with cops. Has to do with cops. That's all I remember. <laughs> I watched like two weeks ago. Um, I just got so excited that the uh, old G butts is going to be uh, working more. We talk about G butts on this show more than most other people do. More than probably his manager does. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have not seen <sighs> Geostorm. It's coming to video soon. I hope it comes directly like to VHS video. Like Only I VHS. Wish. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd be an amazing <laughs> morning campaign. All right. 
<laughs> I rem- I keep checking iTunes every week to see what it's going to go. Because <laughs> I need it, Jason. Like, in this world of, like, bespoke things, order it and you get it. If Geostorm had a website set up, where in which if you paid $5, you get yourself an autograph, VHS copy <laughs> of Geostorm from Jerry Butts himself. Oh, all my right? God. <laughs> I, I would, would be so excited. I would pay $5 for that. <laughs> the thing is, like, it's not I like ironic excitement. I would legit be excited for that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I want the movie. Sorry, I'm checking to see when it comes out. Oh, Geostorm. Uh, yeah. Jerry Storm. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Gerard Butler, by the way. If no one <laughs> knows the many wonderful nicknames we have <gasps> for Gerard Butler. Is it out now? Could we, could we it's coming out on my birthday. <laughs> It's meant to be. He knew, all right? Friend of the show, Jerry Butler. Jerry. Gerard Butler knew. He knew. He he did his gift for you, all right? That's what a good friend does. It's expected January 16th. There you go. Uh, But that's to buy it, though. I need to be able to rent it. I'm sure, like, a couple weeks later, I'll come out to rent. Yeah, we're not holding on to this stuff, Jerry. You know, we just want to see it for a little bit. I just, I support you, but not that much. (laughs) So excited. Ugh, what a great birthday gift. Can't wait. <laughs> um, and I think there was just one other thing. Oh, I uh, have to confess that I totally bought um, the Jurassic World movie. <laughs> oh, all right. nothing wrong with that. It's so Sarah. bad, Jason. Oh it's a bad movie. Yeah. And there's a trailer for the new one. And it's going to be terrible. I'm very not excited for the new I'm Jurassic so World movie. I'm so excited because I love it so much. Really? It's so, well, just because I love dinosaurs and no one else is making dinosaur movies. You know, you're right. There is no other. It's the only way I get to see them. Like, why aren't there? I mean, what do you think? uh, uh, The original Jurassic Park was a movie that actually helped out science in a way. Because like, hey, we're able to do research now because foundations won't give us money. But this huge movie company will Hmm. to help us learn more about how dinosaurs breathed and walked and talked and experience the world how they talk well how they communicated all right i wish they talked they could talk to me (laughs) (laughs) um no but but it's a a thing where yes this is if you want to know how dinosaurs are cool you go to jurassic park series to to figure that out but jurassic world i remember seeing theaters and feeling that was fine it was was but bad but it wasn't there were not great parts in it for me personally like oh no there weren't yeah. Because it's not a good movie, but it's like one of it's become one of my like weird comfort movies. Really, that I just put on in the background. Yeah, <laughs> and then I sit on my laptop and I go to nationalgeographic.com and they have a thing where you can do electronic jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> so I watch that and I do my jigsaw puzzles. It's a great Saturday night. I'm not joking in any way. That is my life, and I love it. I need thinking music. <laughs> Jurassic World. <laughs> Get out of here, all right? Um, and even though I know it's going to be bad, I'm still excited for the next one that comes out. I think there might be more dinosaurs in it because they're trying to like get all the dinosaurs off the island to Just safety. Ridiculous. And by the way, it was it was volcanic the entire time. I know. Like, whatever, man. Sure. <laughs> I know, but nonetheless excited. And I think the last thing. Oh, I'm obviously excited for Black Panther. Mm-hmm. They keep advertising it. I think 
I keep thinking it's coming out like the next week, but it's not till February, and it's painful. <laughs> um, because I'm stoked. Mm-hmm. Um, the last thing is there is going to be a podcast called Wolverine colon The Long Night. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like a teleplay type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like highly produced and you know right. all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, Richard Armitage is going to be playing Wolverine, voicing huh. him. Okay. Um, Scott Adsit is in it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Chris Gethard is going to make a cameo. All right. Yeah. As Chris, as Chris Gethard? No, I guess. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Wolverine just comes onto his, the Chris Gethard show for no reason. Um, but I am excited about the, uh, I believe the plot is that there's, I think there's been some murders in the town and he's like a he's trying to live a normal life or something but he's a suspect wow that something sounds al- really interesting something actually. along those lines yeah it's not, I've not part- heard anything about this it's not particularly like superhero-y i think it's just a wolverine trying to live his life those and- are some of the best wolverine stories from comics totally. where in which he's where we're not doing superheroic things we're mm-hmm. telling a more conventional story right which is a lot of what logan is sometimes yeah um but yeah so I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm I've, super excited for it. I've never it. heard this before right it's, now. It's coming out this year. I can't remember when. Okay. I can't remember most things. Apparently, I'm learning. Um, but it sounded really good. Okay. Yeah. And Richard Armitage has a great voice. And then I can imagine his beautiful face. So it's a real <laughs> win-win. All right. So, yeah, that was very long list. All right. Did you listen to... Why am I using this? <laughs> because tone? it's very dramatic. <laughs> really, I was just trying to buy time because I couldn't think of the name <laughs> of the podcast. Turn for a those gears up there. <laughs> oh boy, it's been a long week. Sorry. Uh, I gave you the teacher's lounge to listen yes, to, you right? Did. I listened to it. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I'll oh, tell you what man. I did enjoy. How much of it did you listen to? Just the first episode. Okay. Well, you should have listened to more than that, Jason. <laughs> but no, I will. It's like only watching a pilot or something. <laughs> you got to give it more time. Because once they get into the groove, mm-hmm. oh, it's because beautiful. are there threads that continue on? I oh, guess? you have to listen to the whole thing because it's a whole. Yeah, they build up. They continue. Okay. Yeah, it's not just like an ep- the. It's the whole through story, but they also have a guest on each time. Okay, I did not appreciate but, the first episode's guest. Like I thought it was like just I don't I don't know I didn't care for that character that they had on. Which one was it? It was the shop teacher that was also a druid. Oh yes, Paul F. Tompkins comes back as. Um, a janitor who keeps getting lit on fire uh-huh. by students, and it's great. That sounds like a great premise. <laughs> but the teachers lounge, I guess, for people that don't know, it's just it's a show where several comedians are portraying teachers who are hanging out in the teachers lounge recording a podcast. Yes, it's um, the four guys are part of an improv troupe called Big Grande. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, and from the first episode, like just them talking about the day is fun in itself. The best part that I got out of that is the one teacher that uh, <laughs> teaches driver's ed but can't drive. <laughs> um, the one teacher that wants all cars to stop at 6 at six p.m. because <laughs> he just wants walking time. <laughs> um, like, those are the two things I pulled that just, like, really made me laugh hard. Yeah. But overall, like, it's, it's a good start. I would listen to more of it. Please, I'm begging you to because <laughs> it gets so ridiculous and hilarious. Okay. I... I absolutely love it. Okay. Like, um, yeah, I, I can see threads for these characters going further and deeper. It reminds me a little bit in ways of uh, Vice Principals. 
Um, I never watched Vice Principals. It's it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as like their southern accents being yes. used in the podcast, like, oh no, no no, the thing is, those are their real accents. Oh really? Oh yeah, no. Um, the Drew Tarver who plays Bill Cravey, uh-huh. he's on Bajillion Dollar Properties. I did not Drew Tarver. Yeah. I did not know he had that accent. Oh, that's life. his. That's his real accent. He's from Georgia. That is wonderful. It, and it, the other guy, I think, is also southern. Like it's not. Put okay, on. I thought they were playing like you know teachers at a southern school, like you know somewhere <laughs> oh, no, like North Carolina. Not at all. Didn't realize like that's just how he talks. That is that, wonderful. It's just and whenever like Drew Tarver's on county bang bang if he tries to do another character mm-hmm. he'll start off without the accent and then he just ends up halfway through just getting that accent again because he can't it's kind of, it's like a slightly more mild version of like kenneth okay yes but like he just ha- he, yeah he just ends up being southern no matter what okay. because he has a thick southern accent it's like i thought he's like affecting that no not at all all right that's that's wonderful <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah but I had you watch show. I had you watch uh, the miniseries <sighs> yeah. for Battlestar Galactica. And how did you, what did you think of it? How'd you feel about it? I got through, I think the first, so there's that miniseries is two episodes. And I think they're each like an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I got through the first half <laughs> of the first <laughs> okay. one. Not, I, I, it was good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I might continue on. Okay. Um, My thoughts on it. Um, I kind of, because it was on sci-fi, it was on sci-fi. First one. Yes. So I didn't, I didn't have high hopes for the aesthetics of it because I figured it wouldn't have much of a budget. Okay. Because of sci-fi, they, you know, they're not rolling in it. They're not HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was better than I thought. Actually, it doesn't look cheap. Like, it does not look cheap. The the show over time does get more money. It does yeah. look better. But it starts off. It starts I off think, looking great. Strong. Yeah. Especially for the time. Totally. Yeah. Um. I. Liked their portrayal of women. It was not the stereotypical, um, how they stereotypically appear. The first time, I think the first time you see a woman is Starbuck run, like jogging through, and she's yes. obviously like super fit, super tough. That was great. Like, our coolest person, best pilot on this ship yes, is a woman. Is a woman. Like, we're breaking a bunch of gender norms. Yes. Here. Her hair is great. It's the haircut that I wanted. When I was a child, because it's kind of like a mushroom, <laughs> and it's blonde, and I wanted a blonde mushroom so bad, Jason. Like Even though JTC. I was a wee Asian girl, <laughs> I wanted a blonde mushroom. I loved Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> I wrote him a letter when I was nine. Hey, six, boo. six months later, How I got. Do you get your hair to bounce like that? <laughs> six months later, I got a signed headshot. It wasn't actually signed. It was like a. Stamp. stamp thing <laughs> but i was very excited um, um so yeah i automatically was like this is great i like that it's, the women are portrayed differently the um i don't even know her name um the bad guy lady she's dressed in she dressed in all red oh okay uh trisha helfer sure um <laughs> <laughs> i like that she's tough and smart and she's kind of the antagonist mm-hmm um which is not something you see very much um however she <laughs> she did kill a baby which i was not expecting mm-hmm. oh i saw her hand go back into the stroller and i 
just hit mute just in time because all you see in the closed captioning is next snap and i was like what <laughs> no oh god uh-huh. that's horrifying um i also liked that the guy in charge the commander of the ship mm-hmm. um he was like a nice guy Edward James almost I don't know people's names, Jason. <laughs> um, he, military leaders tend to be like super overly tough and mm-hmm. unemotional and blah, blah, blah. Um, and they don't really show him at first being a commander. He's very human and he's practicing lines for a speech he's going to give. And you don't see him barking orders. He has a normal human conversation with like one of his second in command guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, it was nice to see something different of, um, having everyone's roles kind of flipped. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like it's a show it, in the very first, what you watch mm-hmm. the first half of the, of the miniseries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like it's a, it's a world at peace. We know something's yeah. brewing. Something bad right. is about to happen. Right. But you know, this is an older ship. This is an older captain on this ship and he seems to treat everyone pretty fairly, right? Yeah. Like, you know, he's talking to them in a way that's just like, yeah, you're a human being. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we, we're co-workers, less of a military, yeah. is what it feels like at first. But they do a great job of setting the scene of, like, serenity, like, peace mm-hmm. before everything goes to shit. Right. And, like, all right, your perfect world or your your comfortable world is now no longer existing. I basically do do got up to the point where, like, uh-oh, shit's happening. Mm-hmm. Everyone to your battle stations, mm-hmm. and then I stopped watching it. Trust so, me, it's better. Is <laughs> yes. all I can say. So I'm probably going to at least finish that miniseries. Okay, because I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, the acting was better than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I guess because you know those series aren't <laughs> aren't renowned for acting and budget and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty good. Okay, I'll take it. Um. And, oh, I also like that the men and the women, their costumes were the same. Yes. It's not like the men men got, like, cool, tough guy-looking things and the women were, like, scantily clad or, Mm -hmm. like, had things to, like, show off their boobs. Because I saw one woman's costume and it's, like, there's a shirt over a shirt. It's Mm kind of like a tank top over a t-shirt. Yep. And... It it can accentuate a bust a bit, mm-hmm. but then the men are wearing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yes, here we go, guys!" And <laughs> I kind of felt um, like it was in its point of view and outlook and um, progressive type of attitude as like a Star Trek type thing, where mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's go for the best of what humanity can be, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, there are minorities more than what you typically see. There's like an Asian lady, which made me incredibly happy. <laughs> I'm a little biased. Grace Park, she's awesome on the show. Um, so yeah. I um I was pleasantly surprised by pretty much everything. I was not super compelled. I also at the time thought you were coming over, so I was like, ooh, ran out of time. <laughs> um, but I will probably finish it. Okay, As, talking to someone that just finished it again, like mm-hmm. this past week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like it is, it stands again as one of the best shows that has existed on television for me wow. that I've seen. High praise, very high praise. Um, it's quality all the way through. The acting is excellent. Um, Edward James Olmos, Mary McDonnell, like 
uh, Michael Hogan. Like just, every actor on that show is pulling their pulling their weight and mm-hmm. doing their part. Like as far as what the show offers, as far as like intrigue, it's, it's it, it, we remember when we were talking about this. It's an everything show. Mm-hmm. Like it is able to talk about like you know war. It's able to talk about like things of the time. It came out like you know under the Bush administration, but it's like, mm-hmm. hey, how do you handle due process? How do you handle things like you know a surveillance state? Like what happens in situations where you know human rights are being violated and all and that stuff. And also very like personal stories, like the yes. Uh, commander's son has died and there's guilt and there's yes. strife in the family. Like, how it's do very you relatable. prevent something like that from happening again? Like, right. my son and my surrogate daughter, like, you know, like, they are both doing the same thing that killed my first son. Like, mm. But they need to do it because they're the best that can do this. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do I reconcile my feelings of my son dying with, like, you know, having them work in this environment? Um, and, like, it's able to deal with, like, you know, mystery and intrigue. Like, you know, like, these are, your enemy looks like you. How are you able to tell your enemy apart when you don't know what they look like? Like they and just yeah, it's it's a really good show made in the wake of like you know of the early two thousands of like nine eleven and just a rough time for America. We're still in rough times. It's also gonna be a rough time, I guess, as I grow older. (laughs) Um, But watching it again, it just I I had questions as to whether like is this gonna hold up? Mm -hmm. It does. Nice. Um, And even the parts I thought were weak and watching them again, it's like, well, no, I get that, Mm -hmm. and like. With and even to take a step back, I know like people were like a little mad at the way the show ended. Mm-hmm. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> and even if I, I imagine it is incredibly difficult to freaking end a show, yes, like to wrap it up so that it's not too schmaltzy, but it Absolutely. ties up loose ends and blah blah blah. And I like, thought like, oh, well, the show didn't answer a lot of questions. Wrong. It answers actually a lot of the questions that it puts forth. Mm-hmm. They may not be the most satisfying answers in the world. Mm-hmm. But it does make an effort to like wrap up the loose ends that it created for itself. Um, again, I I would recommend that you keep watching. Mm-hmm. I, I would love if you became a fan. So we could talk about this all the time. <laughs> but you know, in a perfect world, we would talk about the last ship and Balasar Galactica all the time, and, compare <laughs> the two and how this is relatable and how you like completely see this character and that character. Yeah, that'd be the perfect world. I will probably continue watching it. But yeah, um, yes, I'm, I'm I'm very happy that you were able to watch it yeah. and take something out of it, and enjoy it a little bit. Thanks. The more I talk about it, I was like, I'm like convincing myself with the points that I'm making. Like, oh, I should probably go back and watch the show. Um, yeah. Anything that you're looking forward to? Anything I'm looking forward to? Um, like we were talking about before, Black Panther coming yes. out next month. I'd like to see. So good. Um, I, again, at some point, I got I got to get myself out there to see Phantom Thread. I guess at some point. Ah, uh, yeah. It's something I totally wait for. Um, yeah. But you know. Do you really think it's going to be his last movie? No. I don't think, I don't think anybody <laughs> he does. He takes a lot of big breaks from like you know between movies. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen Lincoln, which is like a detriment to me. I I should really see that. I what? So I watched that, mm-hmm. and I loved it. Granted, I, I was on a plane, <laughs> and I feel like that does make a difference because you're just tend to fall in love. You with things just on need, <laughs> yeah. You're so desperate for entertainment uh-huh. to forget that you're going to be on like a ten hour flight. Um, but I also enjoy history, mm-hmm. so it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Um, so I, but I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. Um, I, oh, there's someone who's in it who is funny and I can't remember who it was. I was surprised. There are, there is a tiny bit of like, um, there's a little, there's a little bit of humor in there to be honest with you with some side characters. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I really liked that movie. I think I'm the only person. No, like (laughs) I'm not 
talked with anyone that's seen the movie that dislike it. Oh, okay. That dislikes it. I think people, it's not that people disliked it. It's that it's long and it's not like the most, it's not an action movie that people are used to. So I think people got bored with it. But it, so if you're not like a history fan or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, I can see why people would get bored, but I but what's interesting is people I know that have seen it that are like big action fans mm. or like you know are like into like you know explosions and movies and whatnot. They've seen it and just been like no, that was like a really good movie. Yeah. I just enjoyed like watching it all the way through. They're not history fans. Yeah, they're not like you know fans of like the history of the presidency mm-hmm. and all that stuff or like even the Civil War. Just like no, that was just a good movie. It was a because I mean Daniel Day Lewis. I watched an interview with him and then I went back and um, started rewatching There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. And to see how he is as a normal human being, just in an interview, mm-hmm. and then to watch that performance, it melts your brain. He is just so fucking talented. It's crazy. To tie things back to Paul F. Tompkins, mm. he was who was in in There Will Be Blood. Right, right. Um, he, Mr. Plainview, Mr. Yeah. Plainview. <laughs> he got that job off of being PTA. in Magnolia, right? Um, and but he got cut from the film, I believe. And yes. Paul Thomas Anderson was like, "Don't worry, man, I got you." And five years later or something like that, he gets a call, or like more than five years, he gets a call like, hey, Paul, uh, you busy? <laughs> what? Like, yeah, I want you to be in the movie. I told you I had your back. Like, he paid him back for like, you know, cutting his role in that he first movie. He got in Magnolia in the first place because Paul Thomas Anderson would go to comedy clubs and watch huh. performers, which makes sense because he's married to, or is partnered with Maya Rudolph. That's super cool. Which is, yeah. Which I'm just like, you must be the best. Um, <laughs> So he would go to comedy clubs and then he saw huh. and he would become friends with the comedians and therefore roll that into Did not small know that. cameos. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> I've heard Paul Paul Tompkins tell a story about he how he just like embarrassed himself when he was at like the um, read through for Magnolia and stuff because mm-hmm. he got a script like at the last minute and he didn't get to... Um, like highlight all his lines mm-hmm. and so he was just not keeping up uh-huh. and he went I think he went to like lean on a table or something and he didn't realize that it was a very light table mm-hmm. and so he leaned on it and the whole thing like crashed <laughs> like it was just a mess <laughs> which I completely can uh, understand and totally identify with um, but yeah so Dana Delos this is not in any way a revelation that he's amazing okay. um, and then there was also um Quentin Tarantino, you know how, I think it's the New York Times, they'll do like the anatomy of a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did that, I think it was anatomy of a scene with Quentin Tarantino watching, or it was just a YouTube video. It's Quentin Tarantino watching the opening scene of There Will Be Blood where you just see Daniel Plainview um, down, I was going to say down in a hole. It's a hole, but he's mining or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the first scene in the movie and just his observations of it are so smart and it's fun to see it through uh, a director slash writer's kind of point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and it made me want to watch the movie again and he's just, he's just so goddamn good. And why do we have so much There Will Be Blood trivia? Here's something else about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so that and uh, No Country for Old Men filming at the same time. I never saw No Country for Old Men. Ooh, it's so good. I know. I need to see it, but but it's quite violent, right? Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, no, co- no country and the world are filming at the same time, like mm-hmm. literally ten miles apart. But none of them knew that, mm-hmm. like until like an explosion happened one day, 
mm-hmm. on the set of like uh, the Holy Blood, which was planned. Right. Um, but oh, like when the, one of the big oil yeah, yeah. But like, the fire and the smoke was like, well, we can't film. Like you know, this is like you know, oh, messing yeah. up our day. Like we can't shoot. And it, shooting got delayed because there will be blood. Was like you know, <laughs> ten miles away. Like you know, doing whatever they were doing, yeah. and like they just didn't know. That's did they. Once that happened, did they figure out what was going yeah, on? Yeah, they were oh, both okay. like, oh, well, cool. But at the same time, they were both in contention for, like, you know, all the, yeah. the awards Every in the same award, year. Yeah. yeah, which is just kind of funny that they were both, like, five miles apart and just didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> it was ten miles apart well, before, Jason. Miles. Which one is it? <sighs> Look, distances can change, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh, yeah, so Phantom Third. So, yeah, I'll probably just wait to see it mm-hmm. until I might, it comes I out. I might wait. I'm not sure. But we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I just I don't know why that sticks out in my head so much. But I I don't know nothing else I'm thinking of right now where it's like I gotta check it out. Yeah, um, just Black Panther. Yeah. And oh, and the Alienist. I'm really excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything in mind for what I shall be watching? Yes. Um. Um. Because we're talking about Black Panther, mm-hmm. and you have not seen Creed, correct? No, I have not. I would like you to watch Creed. I remember you laughed at me when I said, like, that movie made me tear up. What? <laughs> I don't tear up in movies. Like, I don't. I'm a terrible human being I... and a bad friend. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't, like, cry at movies. Like, I, that, not at all. Like, you know, but what Really? Got... No, but, like, what got to me is just, like, this movie's so good. Like, you just care about each other. Like, it just really hit me in a way that I wanted to. Like, I teared up a little bit. I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's real solid. It's a good movie. <laughs> do you think it's because, do you, do you think you can identify it with more because it's like a black character? Maybe, but. Is I mean, that an inappropriate question? No, not at all. Okay. Like, I think that. And like movie... a father's, kind of like a father-son-ish type relationship. Yes. So it's a little more personal. But it's personal, but also I fucking love the Rocky series. Oh. And this like I puts like a big, really? beautiful bow on like, you know, on everything. I didn't know you liked the Rocky it's series. so fucking good. <laughs> oh, I just learned so much about you. It's a, it's a great series, although there are terrible points in it, of wow. course. But like, in this containing the stories of those characters and like. What's it's just a great movie because every character is so wonderful and like well developed, okay. and like it is very different from the original Rocky, where in which like you know the, his love interest is absolutely doing her own thing, like mm. she does not need him in her life. Like she, they are together, of course, like no love and respect for each other, but at the same time, it's like oh no, like I, your existence does not define mine. Mm. I'm actually pretty successful doing my own thing over <laughs> here. Like I'm a up and coming. You like, might drag me down. Actually. Yeah, it's, it gets to that point. Like <laughs> you know, being with you might not be all that great for me. <laughs> like, all right it's uh it's really solid and again i say this because ryan coogler is the director of uh, creed <laughs> he's going to be the director of black panther he is the director of black panther yes. um michael b jordan um yes. is in creed he right. is he plays the title character mm-hmm. he's going to he's be, be in, in black panther as the antagonist yes. and from what i understand i believe he wanted michael b jordan to be uh black panther but marvel had already made their casting decision of course prior to ryan coogler even being hired but those two are a team, Coogler and uh, B. Jordan. Coogler <laughs> <laughs> and Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I think Michael B. Jordan only has the B in his acting name because Michael Jordan got a SAG like card idea. for Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of Ryan Coogler, Michael Jordan, like actual Michael Jordan. <laughs> I don't even know what Ryan Coogler looks like. He's... I just know that on County Bang Bang, do you know... Um, John Gabris. Yes. He, there is an episode or a couple episodes where 
they have people on and they're like pretending to act stuff out and mm-hmm. he plays ryan coogler really he and the thing is like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna be ryan coogler for this. <laughs> but it's not there's no voice there's nothing uh-huh. he's just like i'm ryan coogler <laughs> <laughs> so when i hear that name it just makes me laugh because i just think of john gabris being hilarious and totally different looking human being not at all oh. like <laughs> interesting though okay i think because on the episode, they were, like, talking about something that, like, Ryan Coogler produced or directed or something. Okay. That's how it came about. All right. But it just made me laugh. Um, d- uh, what are... Are there... Is there any other movie or TV show, anything, that has made you tear up? <laughs> First 10 minutes of Up. No. I was like, what? I was like, that's really beautiful. <laughs> like, that's a great... Jason. I was like, that's a great way to handle... You are a smart, sensitive young man. Yeah, and I was like, that's like that's a, the, the most tasteful handling of a miscarriage ever on film. Yeah, and death and... Yeah, like, that's like, I was like, this is tasteful, this is so well done. Oh, my God. But it didn't make me, like, tear... I don't... It doesn't happen The end me. of Toy Story 3? Nope. Like, I'm... When, they're, when he's leaving those toys on that Trust porch? Trust me, it's harrowing. And, like... Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the, the almost destruction. People always talk about the destruction that they tear up at. no. I tear up when he's leaving those fucking toys and they're watching him drive away. I that, oh fucking that's sad, but like no, you get the relief of like no, the girl's there. Like she's, no, it's so the, the, the look on their faces as he drives away, especially because since Toy Story came out when I was a kid, I was probably a little bit <laughs> too old to be saying this. But like, I always I carry guilt with me in every facet of my life, mm-hmm. including like giving up stuffed animals Mm -hmm. i loved stuffed animals as a kid Mm -hmm. i never wanted to give them out because in my head i'm just like what if they do have feelings and i'm just (laughs) throwing them in the garbage and so and i felt that very strongly i still do kind of Mm -hmm. um as evidenced by the stuffed animals that are sitting (laughs) that i cannot get rid of um so to see that scene that just it justified all of those feelings they had as a mm-hmm. child. It broke me as a human, <laughs> and I just sobbed. I just sobbed uncontrollably in mm-hmm. that theater. And you just sat there like nothing. I didn't nothing. sit there with a stone heart. Like nothing, like, Jason. I felt it inside, like, that's, you know, like, yes, this is a sad, sad moment. But, like, the joy, like, hey, that kid's going to be so happy by having these things here. Like, their lives continue and go on. For me, the part where, or I guess, if I would have cried, I didn't, but would have been at the almost destruction. It's like where you would have felt feelings if you had them. I have feelings. Because <laughs> for me, it was like it was like, well, this is their defeat. Yeah, like they've always won. They always pull out the victory, even when you think the odds are against them. Like you know, the the odds seem so impossible. But they always like make it out. But this time, they're gonna bite it. There's no escape. There's no cool plan. There's no flips to do out of here. Mm. This is it. And I just felt like, you know, the horrible finality of that moment. But I didn't cry. Like, you know what's sad? I tried to make myself, like, feel something. <laughs> At the end of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Like, I was like, it's so, like, it's so sad, right? No, right? that wasn't. And it wasn't. Like, no. and I just couldn't feel First of all, like how do you that. tell what the end is? Because there's, like, four endings. It's, like, 20 endings. Like, you know... 
it was Ugh. yeah it just doesn't happen for me in movies i don't know if my mind just disconnects in the way of like well i know i'm watching like you know something that is filmed something that is you know i, I, but I have, feel like you can you in particular like you get into movies i do and i love i love going to a movie and coming out of that feeling like god damn yes i love movies interstellar things like that it's just like fuck oh. yes yeah. movies <laughs> <laughs> okay what about did you see the movie uh inside out i did see inside out yeah when I people were talking about how they cried at the movie, and I was like, well, "There's nothing worth crying at." But then, when oh, again, it's like a stuffed animal type thing. I got real <laughs> issues with that. <laughs> Oof. Um, when whatever someone oh, must be joy, I guess, falls down really deep into like a crevasse, if you will, mm-hmm. and to get the only way to get out. Oh, the imaginary is for the imaginary. Oh yeah, it's the imaginary friend mm-hmm. has to just like sacrifice himself. Mm-hmm. Just talking about it, I could cry, Jason. It's too much. I don't. I like. Just before it happened, I realized what he was going to do, and my heart broke, and then I just started to cry, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. And I'm tearing up now just thinking about it. I can't. <laughs> it was. Go- I see them. I see the tears. <laughs> <laughs> it was so gut wrenching, and I wasn't. I didn't see it coming until the last minute, and it got me. And I didn't really like that movie, mm-hmm. but oh, that scene, those fuckers. Pixar. <laughs> oh, you got me. You, you did it. Like, I don't know. I think it's tougher for guys to cry at movies sometimes because oh, it's like... yeah. I forgot you're they... a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like beaten out of you, but it is socially beaten out of you in the sense right. of like, you don't cry at anything. Your crying stops now. Like, you have did to you just take every... Did you get that feeling when you were like a kid? Absolutely. Really? Like, where it's just like, no, you don't get to cry anymore. Like, you, Oh, no. You get to cry on certain occasions. Yeah. Like, it better be a death, like a real death. <laughs> Like, but you don't really get to cry anymore. When do you think that cutoff age like was? Like, 14. Okay. Like, at that age. I think for a lot of guys. Yeah. This is a sad thing. And this yeah. shouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for, like, a lot of, like, guys, like, it's just like, no, you don't. Oh, you're getting to the most emotional part of your life. Yes. Guess what? Not a no. lot anymore. You push it down or you deal with it in a different way. Play a sport. I don't know, kid. Like, fucking deal with it. Like, oh, you're not allowed boy. to feel that way. You're not allowed to cry at shit. Where like, do you think you felt that pressure from? That's absolutely from school, from mm. like parents, like from everything around you. Even not, movies and shit are yeah. saying to young men, no, you mm. don't get to express this feeling. Interesting. Like you, you're not allowed. Stop, yeah. stop, stop. <laughs> like deal with it in some other way, which fucking sucks. Yeah. But that's a reality. <laughs> like... We wow. don't, a lot of dudes don't get to feel these things. Did you, in private, were you ever like, <laughs> or would you just, you sucked it up the whole? Not really, like, it's like, with the older you get, you can even, like, hit, like, points on the calendar. Like, oh yeah, last time I cried was, like, this many years ago. Like, which what? fucking sucks. As And from the perspective of a lady, like, it's a regular thing. Not regular every day. <laughs> But in the sense of, I like, mean, I happen to just cry myself to sleep at night every night. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, not for. I'm just <laughs> but like for for guys, it's it's a more distant thing. Was Creed the last time you cried in a movie or in like in at, life at all in life? Hmm. Not that I want to judge up tragedy. No, but... it was 2015. Oh my god! I think no, there's something else after that. I think, but oh my god, the thing is, like you 
lose track or because you haven't in a long time or you remember exactly when and where you were when you last felt that way wow which fucking sucks that's crazy yeah that's <laughs> crazy terrible life is tough you should be <laughs> letting loose that faucet a little bit more <laughs> this is a terrible way to feel but that's society and that's and again it's so hard being a man like we, we right. get so many fucking things in life right like and i'm sure people listening to this are like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) no no it's a perfectly valid point though it's a thing that i think the world would be better if there wasn't that pressure on dudes yeah to be (laughs) to be fair to be honest though i i can't remember what it was there's something with a grown man crying. And in my head, I was like, oh, suck it up, motherfucker. See? See? <laughs> this is a weak ass. Like, I don't know what it is about our society, but we look at dudes crying just like, fucking stop that right now. <laughs> I, I can't. I think I, I think it was in a movie and the reason was stupid. But like in like the big short when Steve Krell's character, like I think his brother had died in mm-hmm. that movie. Um, and he has a breakdown. It's just like, yeah, guy, let it out. Poor thing. Ugh, that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Though, if you were to come to me and you were like crying, I don't know if I'd know what to do. <laughs> I might be like, hold that thought, and I just bring you ice cream. Because <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, I don't. Mm? Like, what horrible what tragedy has happened? <laughs> yeah, I might not know what to do. Because, like, I don't know. That's that's a shit thing, but that's how it is. I think for most dudes yeah no that's just like yo you can't know why stop why where do your eyes are you have allergies like for me i'm a person that when there's cold wind blowing at me i tear up mine too like that just just happens also when i yawn doesn't happen for me when yawning Hmm. but like it's winter now like we live in a cold place like when the wind is going to happen i tear up and like whenever i come back in from outside sometimes people are like are you crying outside? <laughs> and like inside, that's like, Jason. He only cries at the winter. <laughs> like no, the crying. All right, my eyes do a thing where uh, wind and tears happen. It's biological, all right, not emotional. Like it's fucking stupid. Like so, what if I was? Yeah. Like, so what if I was? But that's just a difficulty. No, I do the same thing. Not even if it's windy. If it's just cold out, my uh, my walk to work. I'm rude to the train. It's yeah. all my eyes just water. I don't know. And I look like I'm. Ha- I just broke up with my boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what biological defense that is, but it just. I don't yeah. Know why oh it yeah. It. it must be something. I don't know, but um. Aww. But yeah. Again, you had questions where it's like, are you, are you crying by yourself? <laughs> like, no, man. Just shoveling, <laughs> shoveling snow. <laughs> Did it hurt that much? Like, <laughs> eat five dicks, man. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to tell you. Like, no. <laughs> Oh, oh, poor you. Um, <laughs> well, next time you cry at a movie, I want to know. <laughs> um, when am I going to have you watch? <sighs> the stuff that I watch, you won't enjoy. <laughs> no, I, we don't know that. <laughs> we <laughs> I do. don't I know. do, though. Because uh, I think the only thing I could think of recently was this terrible British show. It's on Netflix. <laughs> It's called Midsummer Murders. No, I've seen some of this. You uh, have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's actually like kind of intriguing. I was at a friend's house, like we were having dinner, and we had Midsummer Murders. And I was like, you know, this is actually pretty all right. <laughs> because it's, 
it's just a case of the week thing. Yeah. It takes place in every single thing. Every single murder is just in a charming English village. Is it not in the same town? Is it different towns of Jumpster? I mean, presumably it's in the same county because oh. it's the same detective guy. Okay, cool. Detective Chief Inspector Barnaby. Hmm. Um that some women have a crush on in England. I think that's just hilarious because he just looks like a dad. Uh-huh. Um, so it's in the same vicinity. Okay. There, which, if that were true, would be highly disturbing. It's a lot of murders because there's in 20 a, miles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many seasons of mm. it. Um, but it's just, you can kind of, put, it's so formulaic and you can just put it on the background and the music is pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's like if you t- turned... Uh, the Great British Bake Off into um, like a murder show. <laughs> Three, two, one, kill! Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's pleasant. And then, and by the end of it, even if you aren't paying attention, by the end of it, they always summarize what happened and how they did it. So it's not like you really need to pay attention. Okay, you know, this is, uh, it, it feels like a nice throwback to it's, movies, uh, to things I used to watch from my grandparents growing up, like Murder, She Wrote and whatnot. Yes, like, I yep, am a grandma. Quincy MD, let's do this, <laughs> all right? <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, for, oh, I've hit myself in the face with this microphone three times. But it doesn't hurt, that's why you have the phone thing No, saying. it's just embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good for like a Sunday afternoon, it's cold out. Okay. You might have your laptop on your lap and you're going to National Geographic and you're doing jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> Ooh, Snow Leopard. Nice. <laughs> um, it's always photographs, which is oh, great. You okay, can do like, like a photo of the day type thing mm-hmm. or it's just like um, categories. You can do nature, landscapes, or okay. people. It's great. Anyways, um, but then just throw Midsummer Murders on in the background and it's so dumb and nice sometimes it can be homophobic um Mm. so there's that uh it's all white people all the time (laughs) so there's also that okay um but yeah it's uh aside from those big flaws it's uh (laughs) perfectly pleasant all right i will uh i'll check it out i'll check it out more i guess not thoroughly but i'll watch like from the start i guess it's. I mean, you could you jump pretty, in anywhere, or pretty much. Okay, I'll the check only thing that would that would change would be like the main character's daughter is getting older. <laughs> That's about it. Okay. Um, otherwise, it's just kind of the murder of the week. Okay, and that's on Netflix. Yep. There's right. so many seasons. I've already gotten to the season where they have a new like uh, second banana type of guy. Oh. Okay. It was the same one for probably like eight or ten seasons and now they have a new one damn ten seasons that is rare for a I think show, it, it like. it's just one of those it's like a pleasant little version of like a law and order type thing except for not gritty at all okay of just like you know it's just kind of can keep on going mm-hmm. just you just get different stories every week it's fine okay i will i will check that out mm-hmm. and also you can find creed on either hulu or amazon Prime. okay yeah i'll check it out all right so we'll check these things out mm-hmm. and we will be back with you guys next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will report what we have observed. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye.